Blog Talk Radio.
Good evening, citizens of Earth. Welcome, humans. I merely tell you that the future of your planet is at stake. We have to ask you to try to stay calm, and it's important for everyone not to panic. I am authorized to assure you that so far there is no reasonable cause for alarm. We We work for a highly funded yet unofficial government agency. Our mission is to monitor extraterrestrial activity on Earth. We are the men in black. You know what the difference is between you and me? I make this look good. What's happening? What's happening? This is Coach Kair, and you are now rocking with the best original native radio, and I love it. I love it. Sing along. I love it. I love it. I love it. I really am enjoying my life right now. I am so, so amazed at how the universe unfolds these things as I walk along this tantric lifestyle. It is amazing the things that we see with different eyes and different glasses on. And I want to say thank you to everyone participating. That includes those listening and those not listening. Thank you so much. Um, This show tonight is sponsored by RelaxationIsTheKey.com. Get on over there and get your relax on. Are you meditating? Are you stressed out? Is your breathing, are you are you inducing adrenaline or are you enticing serotonin? Do you know the difference? Well, then you need to get a meditation DVD. We are six months out from December the 21st, 2012. Are you meditating? Or do you want to wait until December the 19th and say, hey, for somebody show me how to meditate? I think if you go over to RelaxationIsTheKey.com, click on DVDs, you will have exactly what you are looking for. Something very basic but very powerful, very powerful. The microcosmic orbit is one of the most essential meditations in the practice of Tantra. And that doesn't just mean intercourse because Tantra is so much broader than sex. So I know some of you have came to the show tonight and are like, Tantra, ooh, that's a sex thing. Uh, you're only that's like going to the Mercedes dealership and getting in the car saying, Oh, it's a radio. Oh wow, the radio. Right. Sex is to Tantra as the radio is to the Mercedes. Okay? It's a good feature. It does come standard with it, but there's other parts of the car. And that's why I'm glad that we have Friday night show, which is normally a Thursday night show, with our host with our co my co host tonight. Wait a minute, i got to bring them on. So I ain't going to tell you. Y'all, y'all know who my co-host is. But each and every Thursday night, we're here at 8 o'clock talking about the Tower of Tantra. And this is a series. This is a series. So this is our third program in the series. And we look forward to you growing and learning with us each and every weekend. Also, the show is brought, brought to you by OriginalNativeRadio.com and .info. The .info site is under construction, as you know, but we will be having advertisement space and opening up for sponsorship ads very soon. 
If you are interested in getting some ad space or commercial on Original Native Radio, the broadcast as well as the website, please send me an email at Coach Kair. K is in King, H is in Harry, A is in Apple, Y is in Yellow, R as in Red at Gmail. Coach Kair at Gmail, or you can send me a friendly text at three three six five eight seven. One two one five three three six five eight seven one two one five. And if you're interested in helping some people, if your integrity is <clears throat> well above board, and you're interested in helping some people and receiving some love for it at the same time, which is why we are the home of conscious commerce, please check out Coach K Gifting dot info. Coach K gifting.info and yes it is as easy as cookies and milk and that is rice milk that you see on that advertisement coach k gifting.info i've got a lot of new things going on the sun just went into cancer uh we have a beautiful show every sunday night as well over at abundance child network the the academy of cosmophysics boy we had a show last sunday i don't even know if anybody's on but i gotta just hit the horn for them Totally amazing. Big shouts out to Ra'aku, Kristen Littles, Robert Phoenix over in San Francisco, the Bay Area. Man, the things are looking grand around here. If you want to get some of these principles, that's why you're tuning in to Zoom In here at Original Native Radio or reach out to Kaya Love on Facebook or send me an email. Well, let's get this party started right tonight. Without further ado, you put your hands together, get on your feet, stomp them, because this is the man of the hour, too sweet to be sour. It's my man, Big brother, yeah, how you feeling tonight? I'm feeling excellent, excellent, excellent. Love it, love it, love it. Well, you sound like you got a little extra pep in your step. Did you lose 10 years or something this week while you were doing whatever you were doing? Because you sound like you back in your 20s or something. What's going on? I had to take a little little vacation, and uh, that's why I couldn't do the show yesterday. But uh, I got to go back in time, take a few years off, relax and regroup a little bit. Uh, I was treated to a nice series of events that... Uh, it did make me feel 10 years younger, as a matter of fact. <laughs> I see that pep in your step. I see it. <laughs> well, y'all, I am so happy because what you are doing each and every week is proving a lot of things. But the main thing is how necessary these type of broadcasts and teachings are to the public because they've been shrouded. We talk about it each and every week, how Tantra has been the practice of the rich, the famous, the elite for thousands and thousands of years, and how now it's only the time where these things are starting to slowly trickle down. And I see things every day, uh, especially in my different social networks that I'm in on Facebook today. I just saw some just some wild stuff, and I was like, I bet she's not happy. I said, I bet that maybe her iron is even low. I said, and maybe she doesn't even know some of the scientific rationale behind her unhappiness, and now she's here attacking someone 
on a free public forum that you can't see a person. I said, wow, this is this is totally amazing. We should hurry up and push 8 o'clock forward. But I couldn't do it, so we had to wait until now. So I just want to thank you for uh, the travels that you've done over, over time to get this information and to now be prepared to have it well organized to present to people about Tantra. And tonight, the Tower of Tantra and the Lotus Seraphim. We continue with the discussion of the bio-architecture and energy projections. Now, y'all, before you get into that, could you, like, just sum up, uh, like, just give us a super, super skim over of how we started this series and what we've covered in the past two weeks and why people should go back and catch some of these juicy episodes? Thank you so much. I want to first say thank you to everyone listening and to everyone who has shown me love and support. I just want to say that it means a lot to me. Uh, I started, you know, questioning things back in the 80s. And even before that, I was a member of certain, shall we say, exclusive, or some people say secret societies, or I'll just say exclusive societies. And and I I guess uh, the first time I joined a country club and went uh, someplace exclusive, and just kind of got a feel for the fact that that's like two worlds that we live in, probably three. There's probably some I have never seen, but I just kind of saw how one group of society is going one way and one group of society is going another. Oh, man. He's got to give us a call back. That's what happens when you get these solar flares, ladies and gentlemen. He's talking, and he's getting ready to talk about these exclusive Clubs and exclusive membership. Ooh, boy, I know this one is going to be a heater. I guess I'll hold it down until he gets back. I want to thank everybody who's already in the chat room early. I know y'all leaning forward like, huh, what? I see you, Misha, up there in Toronto, Le Blue Inc. How are you tonight? Fuzzy9157. And all the callers that are already in the queue, uh, 229 area code 704 708-302-618-856. Thank you for joining us so early. I already have somebody with a hand up in the 215. Let me see who this is. Well, let's just take a little roll call and check on the pulse. Uh, caller from the 215, your microphone is wide open. Can I get your name and where you're calling from, please? Hello? Okay, I might have caught them off guard. Uh, if you want to press 1 to bring on, please press it and make sure that your um, speakers are turned down so we won't have that feedback. I see that Yao has called back in. Yao, you were going to drop so much energy. The uni- uh, blog talk said, wait a minute, we got to check, make sure that's official. We a little storm here. That's what's happening. Uh, okay, we got one down here in uh, yeah, up in North Carolina, too, so we're up under some of that good electricity. I love it. lightning every once in a while, so that's probably what's happening. And the last thing that we heard you say was about um, play, play, uh, it may be going in two directions, maybe three, and then you said the first time I joined a country club. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, you see things differently. The first time I went overseas, the same thing. I, I started with published overseas. When I looked at other cultures, it really another way to look at things. Yeah, you're chopping so, up right now. You may have to move to another location in your vicinity. I mean, maybe like move to another part of the apartment or the house. How's that? How's that right there? That's a lot better. 
Okay, now I can't hear you. That it, it can... Still chopping. Well, you got that good lightning up there. Mike, check, Mike, check. I'm moving around. Okay. I'm trying to find the best spot. Is that a little better? That's a little better. All right, let's hope the storm passes and uh, we'll be okay. Okay. I think I heard something about you the uh, first time you got overseas. Yeah. And so what I... Wow, that's a powerful storm. <laughs> oh, it's breaking up again. Ladies and gentlemen, this must be a monumental show tonight because this is the first time we've had this happen. So it's okay. We are going to execute. Y'all may have to call in from a landline. But you see, um, I think one of the points that he's making is that there are many, many instances where two things are going on simultaneously, you know, much like oxygen in the lungs or the blood flow in the in the capillaries. All blood is not heading into the heart, and all blood is not heading uh, away from the heart. So once you become aware of that and start to see that there are two different aspects going on simultaneously, then you can pick up that energy a little more. So I think what Yao is getting ready to explain to us is how these two lifestyles, not only here in America, but overseas. Uh, Yao, we got your microphone back open. Let's try it again. Yeah, I apologize for that again. But, uh, it's okay. I was telling them you may need to, you, know, you may have to call in from a, from a landline, but but we'll go ahead and see, how, uh, see what we can do. Okay. Yeah, so when we're, we're looking at this, we see that um, – you get these different perspectives and stuff. And if you don't keep your mind open, the tendency is to think that what everybody else is doing is has got to be, you know, the right thing or that's all there is. But when in reality, that's not the case. So just to give a review, Tantra basically, if you look back from what history that we can see or know, and that's limited, was reserved for the elite. And so they kind of put another version of everything out for the regular people <laughs> and kind of kept this sort of like secret for the most part. Then we also talked about that there's a, a new upsurge in Tantra here, and people have really, their interest is starting to, to catch and grow again. But a lot of people have the question, well, what really is it? And what is, what is involved? What is the science behind it? How do I understand it better? And thus, we talk about something called the Tower of Tantra. And it's, it's my way of giving people, like, the background, history of it, how not so much the history of it, but the, the way that it works. So just to review, the name Tower of Tantra is talking about a part of your spirit. You've heard the auric field and such, such and such. Some people call it the central pillar. Some people call it a division of the auric field called the hora or the horic field. It's the core of your spirit body. That's the best way to put it. It's that central core of kundalini coming up and the branches off that tree as it goes to connect all of your aspects of your life together. 
connecting your brain and spine, connecting your organ systems, your hormones. It's sort of like integrating all of this stuff into your life. That yeah, I think in ancient Egypt, they also sometimes refer to it as the, the jed, or, uh, which they also use that to talk about the spine. But since this uh, column or tower is right next to the spine, they're often confused. And so you can use the word interchangeable. We talked about then that there are 12 portals into this tower. And we talked about the fact that these 12 portals are what allows you to change. And when you're changing to become more like your original self, we say you are becoming Tantra. Or if you're using this tower to affect your sexual life or your relationship life in a natural way, we say you're practicing Tantra. So in the series, we're going to go over these 12 portals and talk about how each of them affects us in our sexual life, how it affects us in our relationship life, and why it's so important for us to not only understand the technology, but also to understand the history how oftentimes in different societies, and pretty much just across the board, you can go to any race, you can go to any continent. They've all had tantra systems, and pretty much they've all followed the same path. People get this stuff, and they kind of, you know, keep it away from the regular people. And they've used religion to smear tantra. Uh, they've used the, the, the concept that regular people they're going to waste it. They're not going to be able to fully enjoy it. Uh, you've got to have some kind of special bloodline in order to really appreciate or engage in this. That is false. I can just say categorically that that is false. <laughs> we talked about the fact that Tantra has been a part of the mystery systems, or what are called mystery systems, indigenous rites of the passage systems, uh, what we call arrangement of mating, in other words, arranged marriages between people of noble families or royal blood or where there are special pairings, especially when these pairings were designed to bring two nations together in peace if they had some kind of problem or whatever. So these are some of the things we talked about before, and we went into various discussions of all of these things. We talked about in the last uh, last week the difference between these portals. In other words, some of these portals are architectural. What I mean by that is that they are used to change the actual structure of the tower. And we're going to talk about one of the primary one of those tonight, which is bioarchitecture. Then other aspects of Tantra deal with how you operate the tower. Because most of us are about, we got this tower and we're not doing anything with it because we don't know how to operate it. We don't know how to do Tantra because we don't understand the tower, we don't understand the significance of it. Now, in some aspects of the tower, you have an un a, some familiarity with. For instance, your cells. Each of your cells, if you put the cells together as one block, one group of things, that's one part of the tower. If you um, look at your five organs, your five major organs, heart, lung, kidney, uh, spleen, liver, you put those together as one unit, which that's part of the tower. That's one unit of the tower. In other words, these five organs, uh, they do something with the chi force before the chi force gets into your body and after the chi force gets in. These five organs 
It's almost like they're little mini generators uh, tweaking the chi before the chi becomes kundalini and afterwards. So we're looking at these five organ systems and things like that. So you have these different things. Acupuncture is one way that you have entrance into this tower. So tonight we're going to talk about two aspects. One of them is architectural. We're going to talk about bioarchitecture. This is a way that you permanently change your tower. Mm. We're going to talk about bioarchitecture. The second thing that we're going to talk about is projection. This is a way that you use your tower. And I equate it to going to the gym and developing your muscles or getting on the basketball court and dribbling. If you watch a kid the first time he's dribbling a basketball, he's awkward. You know, he can't do much. He's struggling just to keep the ball bouncing. And the more they practice, the better they get until, you know, one day he's dunking and doing all kinds of fancy shots. And so, you know, you're developing the way the muscles coordinate with the mind. And this is projection. Projection is learning how to move energy around, how to generate more energy, how to focus that energy, and to make it do what you want it to do. And this can have a very profound impact, uh, an immediate impact, on your intimate experience with your mate, on how high and how intense your orgasms can be, on your reproductive system, and all types of such things as this. So now, the first thing I want to talk about is bioarchitecture. I want to talk about the architectural way that we change our tower. So what is bioarchitecture? As I mentioned last week, bioarchitecture refers to in your DNA and what we want to do always is return to the template in the DNA. That's how you become Tantra. The highest and best version of your tower is the one we're trying to achieve. And this is how you have access to the highest and best version of your life. So you have this template in your DNA. And this template says that every seven years, What's supposed to happen to you is that you're supposed to bring another block of DNA attributes online. So when mm. we're born, we don't have all of our DNA online. Every seven years, what's supposed to happen, and to some extent does happen, is we bring another aspect of our DNA online. And at the same time that we do that, our energy shifts very subtly. And what I mean by that is that we begin to try to work out of a different brain circuit. What do I mean by that? The brain is basically divided electronically into seven major divisions. You've heard of the reptile brain, the, the insect brain, the mammal brain, the limbic brain, and things like that. That's, that's kind of what I'm talking about, although the, divisions I'm, the seven divisions I'm talking about are slightly different. And so think about a computer system. And basically, just think about uh, a Windows operating system and then think about having seven major sets of programs on it. And every seven years, you integrate, you download a new set of software. And so that you have a new operating system, just like 
you know, every three or four years, Windows upgrades. That's not maybe the best example, but it's it's like a major piece. And so your brain is really almost the circuitry is changing in a major way. And because this does not happen, because this does not happen, our operating mechanisms for operating the tower are deficient. They are not natural. They're imperfect. They're incomplete. This is a major, major, major reason why many of the people who learn, so to speak, Tantra techniques or they're introduced to some of the philosophical aspects of Tantra don't get much of a major impact from doing it. So basically what I'm trying to say is if the architecture of your tower is not brought up to date every seven years, then your tower is inadequate to do what you really what it, let's put it that inadequate is not the right word. Your tower is not up to date. Your tower is operating with an old version. And at the same and at the same time one of the major control panels is the brain circuit. And unless your brain circuit is, you know, upgraded every seven years, it causes problems. Okay. Let's let's just talk about these brain circuits really, really, really quick. And I, I'm, I know I'm rushing through this, but we have to. So the first circuit of the brain is called the reptile brain. It corresponds with also the root chakra and the adrenal glands. And what I'm just going to basically say is that this first circuit, you know, you're operating with a very small part of brain capacity. And basically... The, the, the reptile brain has you focusing on a very limited amount of personality. So your behavior is basically governed by a self-centered focus of awareness. When you look at a child from the age of one to seven, they're basically self-centered. don't have to tell any parent that. And if you look at reptiles in nature, the way they meet, they don't really care. They basically have sex, the kids get born, the father basically goes off and does whatever, and the woman, she takes care of him a little while, but then after a while she kind of kicks him out there to do the best they can and she goes on off. It's not it's not the ideal parent situation, but they're made to be rough and tough so that they survive anyway. You get to circuit two, what, what is called the insect brain. Now, science has different names for these things, and it's not exactly the way I'm putting it out there. I'm just being very general. The circuit, second circuit kicks in at seven or eight, and this is the insect brain. And if you notice, insects in society operate in groups. So this is a group circuit type brain. It allows the person to operate within a group. So the insect brain is um, almost the opposite of the reptile brain. It likes organization, whereas the reptile brain likes stimulation and response. Okay? Circuit three, we talk about the bird brain. And when we're talking about this brain, we're talking about a person's knowledge base and what a person looks at in order to make a decision or a judgment, how they do that process. So we're basically talking about the cerebellum. Fourth circuit, we're talking about the limbic or mammal brain. And you're operating with a much bigger part of the brain acting now because you've got all the other circuits online also. Fifth circuit, we're talking about the hypothalamus brain principally with connections to the pituitary and the pineal. So 
I'm not going to go through the entire circuit of all of these brain circuits, but basically what I want you to get an understanding for is that each time you go to a different level of DNA action, you also go to a different circuit or operating system in the brain, which allows that person to handle a much larger volume and level of complexity of energy management. So what I want to leave you with is that becoming Tantra means gradually renovating and upgrading your brain circuitry so that you can handle much more complex, much greater volumes, much more intense management of energy flows. I want to be very clear about that because we're going to talk about two of these circuits in particular today, and you're going to see that a big issue, of uh, a big level, a big chunk of problems that we're seeing in relationships relate to the fact that we do not have our brain circuits up to speed where they should be, and we do not have the complexity of our energy, of our power. Our DNA has not come online to allow us to do all the things society is asking us to do. Our mate is asking us to do something. We can't do it because the brain can't handle that level of complexity. Now, the the brother... I went to the site on Septometry today, and uh, I think his name is Nartley Maxwell. Correct me if I'm wrong, please. Narty, N-A-R-T-E-Y, Maxwell Narty. Uh-huh. Right. So it, it appears that several people around, around the world, groups of people, are beginning to come to the same conclusions using different methods. Because he's talking about certain things, and, and I'm, I'm seeing some of the things, same things in Tantra practice. And so... He's basically talking about some stuff, and I, I just love the way he's putting it. And I'm going to come back to him in a little bit and talk about one of the things I saw on his site that really so intensely interested me. So here's the reality. <clears throat> People aren't doing this. So here's what's happening today. Society is becoming more and more and more complex <laughs> But the human beings that, that are part, that are the clogs in the wheel of that society are becoming less and less and less developed. And when I say developed, I mean their power. So we've got a real serious paradigm here where you've got a society that's demanding you be more developed, more complex, able to leap over tall buildings in a single bound, and you've got people who are not being developed properly so that they can measure up. And when they don't, society is very, very uh, tough on you. And you end up not in a relationship. You end up with some kind of disease. You end up in jail. Or you end up being criticized for whatever, you know. Okay. So I'm going to talk about two, um, two examples, two scenarios of this, and how Tantra fits into it or how it fits into Tantra. And then I'm going to move on to projection because I'm going to come back to this discussion of bioarchitecture later so that you can begin to see how you can do a program, take a course, or do a series of exercises, and why this has an impact on your relationships. Because it's one thing for us to say, well, Tantra is the new thing, you know, it's a, it's a great thing for this, that, and the other. And you're hearing these stories of women having full-body orgasms. 
and you say, my God, you know, that's just not possible. You know, I, <laughs> I've, been, I've been on this planet as an adult for, you know, 20 years, and, you know, I don't think anything's wrong with me. And I'm not having, I, I'm a good-looking girl. I can get very excited. I can, I can drive me crazy, crazy, but I am not having full-body orgasms. What's up? And you get men who say, well, I'm doing the best I can. I will go to the gym, I work out, I take my supplements, I eat good, everything else. But, you know, hey, if I go 15 minutes, it's a good night, and, you know, that, that that's how most men are. You should be happy with it. Shut up. Let's go to bed. And when they hear these stories of tantra and all like that, they're like, they just don't want to believe it because they do not understand how it works and why it works. And it works because... It takes you back to your original DNA template. Now, the two parts of this I'm going to talk about are the things that are supposed to happen at the age of 14 called puberty and at the age of 21, which there's no word in English for that, but it's basically what are called the first-level adult rights. The closest thing to it in our language would be the honeymoon ritual or the honeymoon rite. So I'm going to call it the honeymoon right, even though that's not completely really accurate. But I'm just going to use that for having a label, having a term. So basically, if you don't do the second puberty rituals, if you don't do the second puberty rites, which is not a ritual really, although it can be, it's a series of exercises, teachings, and changes. It's a transformation is what it is that basically changes your brain circuit, changes your DNA, Two separate things. So it's changing your DNA, changing your brain circuit. And the consequence of this, what it's supposed to do is prepare your reproductive system and your emotional body so that you can deal with the opposite sex. Then the next ritual takes you out of your individual self-absorbed framework and puts you in a place where you're an adult. What is an adult? By definition, from a spiritual perspective, it's a person who's able to stop relying on society and his family to take care of him. And he now says, or her, now it's time for me to become a, a unit in society, taking care of other people and taking care of the society. So this, this, this thing is supposed to bring the DNA attributes online so that you become an adult. Um, not necessarily meaning that you can buy liquor or get into clubs. <laughs> That's one definition of it, but I'm talking about something a little more socially complex. So because people don't go through these rituals, certain things happen. Let's talk about the bioarchitecture of puberty. So here's what's supposed to happen. Your your brains and your spirit starts to send you signals that you're going through puberty. Boys start having wet dreams about girls, and it's like, <laughs> you know, they're looking at girls. They're seeing them in a totally different way. Young girls start looking at boys just totally different. It's like what we find is that when you're two years old, a little boy may have a little teeny tiny penis, but he ain't really trying to do nothing with it. <laughs> Except, you know, <laughs> except, except P, really. Because that part of his DNA has not come online yet. It's just not there yet. So he's basically, you know, doing what he's doing, and that's what he's supposed to be doing. And when this, this 
part of your DNA comes online, here is what we're seeing is coming online. It's called your master masculine faculties. Your master masculine faculty wakes up and says, okay, it's time to make this uh, androgynous being into a complete version of his sex. Or it's time to make this androgynous being a complete woman based on her sex. Give her all the characteristics. Give her all the DNA characteristics. Wake up that part of her DNA that makes her a woman. And, and we know what those are. They divide it into four categories, her maternal instinct, ability to reproduce, you know, uh, her nesting instinct, her right brain instinct, her uh, pleasure instinct. And then the man, you know, his warrior instinct, his, his, his hunter or provider instinct, his um, uh, left brain eagle visionary instinct, and, and his healer instinct. So when we looked at, at these things, what's supposed to be coming online, the master masculine or master feminine wakes up, starts to bring these things online. What happens? The person's not going through any kind of a, a social program, and society then tries to shut it down because society says to the young girl, all of this stuff that your DNA is telling you to do, we don't want you to do. Number one, we don't want you to have any babies. That's what your DNA is telling you to do. We don't want you to get any, have any sexual activity with men, that's what your DNA is telling you to do. We don't want you to use your right brain. We want you to use your left brain in school and on your computer and on your cell phone, and that's antagonistic to the right brain instinctive thing that's trying to come online. And she's finding that nobody really pays attention to her if she has instinctive insight, if she just starts to sense stuff. If she just starts to feel things differently in a different kind of way, nobody is validating that. They're saying, stop that, get your good grades, go to college. So her um, nesting instinct is telling her to make a lot of money, go out and buy a lot of stuff, go out and prepare your nest for your family that you're going to have when you're 21. So basically it's telling her to shop. That's how we translate that instinct today. So what does the girl do? She goes out and buys a bunch of stuff for herself, which is not necessarily, it's basically against that instinct. The instinct is telling her to build her nest, basically. I mean, that's, that's the best way to describe it. So basically we shut the faculty down. It, you know, usually within the first or second year of the master masculine or master feminine faculty awakening, we shut it down. And so it does not bring to bear all of the faculties that allow us to be a reproductive, complete human being, to be an emotionally complete mate. Bioarchitecture is to try to go back and use a process to try to fix that. And bioarchitecture is not saying that we're going back and doing something extracurricular. No, it's saying we're going back and try to resurrect what's already there, and at the same time, we're trying to erase, realign, or change the programming that has been put into place that's antagonistic to your original DNA programming. Mm. And really, that's the, that's the biggest job. The biggest yeah, job. Uh, me and Sister Myra, we call that, and I like it because you're using the computer. This fits in there perfectly. Deprogram before you can reprogram. Like if you put if you try to put Windows 7 on a PC, 
you have to take off the old operating system before you can put that on. And I think a lot of people, when they initially hear the word Tantra, they have their old definition of sex, do not want to release it, and want Yao or Kair or Sunyata or whoever else is teaching Tantra to please let me have this, but let me keep how I look at or define sex or my brain patterns. And we come in as computer scientists and say, sorry, you have to deprogram before you reprogram. Would that be a safe assessment? Uh, there are some people who say you're not that intelligent, Kaya, but, but based on what you keep saying, I have to refute them. That's an extremely good assessment, a very intelligent way of putting it. So, you yeah. said a lot of people say I'm not that intelligent. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I'm not that bright. I, I, I'm not that bright. I know a lot of people smarter than me. What I'm saying right. is, what I'm saying is that they're wrong. You, you know, you're 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 extremely perceptive. You know, and you put that very very well. And and really, this is the issue. You know, people they 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 come to me and they say, well, you know, well, Master Yao, uh, you're not teaching what these other people are teaching. You know, you they they're out here. You know, they're going straight for the sex. And I'm like, okay, uh, we're going to get there, and when we get there, my version is going to be better than their version. But, <laughs> but you you got to do some transforming. You you don't just go out here and learn tantra techniques. You have to become tantra. You have to change the architecture of your tower. It's just like saying, like you're saying, it's like, you know, you have a 1952-year television set. And you got them sending digital <laughs> signals and cable over the cables and over the wires, and you hook your old 1952 black and white set with the three buttons on it, <laughs> and you're trying to get Netflix. <laughs> and then you say, you look you you pay for Netflix, and then you come to Master Yao and you say, well look, Derek on it, uh, you promised me Netflix. You promised me, you know, Game Boy. You promised me movies. You promised me excitement, entertainment. And all I'm getting is the news and the weather. That's it. I'm like, yeah, but, but all you got is rabbit ears. That's it. That's all you got. You got to get out here and get you one of these streamlined, <laughs> digitally equipped, you know, TVs and the, and the tuner and, all, and the cable hookup and everything that goes with it. So what you're saying is exactly, exactly right. So I'm telling people, okay, let's put in some work. Put in the work. Do the, do the stuff. Come on, hang with me for a while and, and do the transformation. Get you a good TV set. It don't have to be the big, you know, 98-inch theater version, but let's at least get a 42-inch, you know, <laughs> widescreen with, with some different stuff in the back where you can plug some different stuff in there so we can get us a good picture on this joint. Right. And that's what we're saying. You see what I'm saying? Right. Well, that exactly. makes sense. It makes, 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 look, it makes so much sense. You know, I got to let off one. You know, I got to let one off. <laughs> this is a dream come true. It's awesome, <laughs> baby. So second puberty, it takes you back. See, here's the thing. You know, people people talk about God 
and, and, and the deities or whatever, you know, the great spirit, Wakantaka or whatever, you know, Buddha, Allah. But I can tell you this, that's a bad, bad boy. <laughs> Whoever designed human beings, he was rough. He was a rough fellow. <laughs> he he just gave fellow. a shout-out to God. This man just gave a shout-out to God. It's a dream come true. Yes, yes, yes. So he made us, you, you don't have to go to church and have somebody tell you how magnificent it is. You just got to look at the design. We are self-correcting. All you got to do is know the operating manual, and we will correct ourselves. So we, in second puberty, you go back, and you, you, you erase something called dendrite patterns in the brain. You go through a subconscious reprogramming process, and, but we do not reprogram you. We have, the, the battle is to deprogram you. But in the reprogramming process, we trigger you to reprogram yourself. That's what we do in second puberty. And so there's a specific pro, set of programs that we are calling up. The puberty, the, 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 the gender, the male-female stuff, the archetype stuff. And we can't do a complete job. We're just trying to do the best we can. And that's what, we, that's what second puberty is. And so when you do that, a lot, a lot of good stuff happens. A lot of times women find that their reproductive system starts doing stuff it never did before. Well, it didn't change physically, although it might. You know, they didn't grow an extra set of breasts. The men don't grow a second penis. The men don't, you know, their testicles don't get larger. No. But internally there are changes, and systematically there are changes. And then all of a sudden they start having these experiences like, whoa, I got some new equipment or something because something has changed. But what has changed is the tower. Because what you did was go back, wake up some of them sleeping DNA. Now, let's go real quick, because I'm trying to move through this, to the adult rights. So, basically, what we have today is a lot of young men, they develop uh, modes of operation in puberty based on selfish construct. Their parents are taking care of them. They basically don't have a lot of responsibility. Nobody's disciplining them. Uh, a lot of them don't grow up with their fathers. And basically, they don't really discipline you much in school anymore. And, um, you know, a lot, a lot of times, you know, they just kind of like sort of the social media is kind of really raising them, some of them. Not, not exactly. That's not what I mean. But, but what I'm trying to say is these young boys, they kind of like develop certain patterns. And look, boys going to be boys. So what happens is there's got to be something that happens when they turn 21. Now, if you go to a military academy or you go into the Army, or you know, 20, 50 years ago, you went to the Army, they put you in what's called boot camp. And that's kind of what this is, in a way. Boot camp is like saying, okay, <laughs> cut the crap. Cut the umbilical cord to mommy and daddy and start thinking about serving something other than having everything serving you. Now, in the military, they force it. They make you do it. And even though you're not set up to do it, they force you to do it. And in society, when we get into relationships, you get out of college, and we expect young boys to act like men. But we never brought that part of their DNA online. So guess mm. what? So guess what? That young boy, the patterns of, uh, you know, 
playing around, not being responsible, not holding to his word that he has as a teenager is never broken, and he carries it over into his adult life. Oh, wait a minute, y'all. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, because I have clients all the time, and I have one listening right now, probably more than one. She keeps running into these late 20s, early 30-year-old men who like to check her phone, drive by her house and ask her is she there, and they know she's there or they know she's not there. What I call 10th grade games. Is that similar to that? Like what you're saying, you know, these men never broke out of that, and so they're carrying, so they're they're making good money, sixty grand a year, hundred grand a year, two hundred grand a year, driving a nice car, got a nice apartment, and everything on the external is up to speed, but the programming, the internal programming, the dendrites are not up to speed. Still puberty, still pubescent. Hmm. Good gracious. Because they, they they never brought the DNA online, so. Basically, the, the, you know, you, boys and girls are supposed to be dysfunctional as teenagers because they're in transition. So we expect a 16-year-old to do some crazy stuff. I mean, that's not necessarily the ideal scenario, but in this society, that's pretty much what we got. But, you know, all of a sudden, when they become adults, they get out of college, they get out of high school, whatever, they get a job, we expect them all of a sudden to one day just shift it don't work like that. You've got to, there's got to be a change in the brain circuit pattern. There's got to be a change in that seven-year development pattern. They've got to go through something that causes that part of their DNA to be activated, which says to them, stop being juvenile. That's, you know, that's how it works, Ju- juvenile delinquent, all of that, all of these terms. Stop being juvenile, start being adult. And this, this faculty says, Stop depending on somebody else. Depend on yourself. In other words, society is no longer supporting you. You are part of the support structure of society that's supporting everybody else. And at that point in time, you begin to say, I want to be a father. I want to be a mother. I want to be, I want to be somebody who, who people can call on and say to me, do this, and I can prove to them that I'm capable of doing it. Now, Here's how the honeymoon uh, right goes, how it should go. You know, the, 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 the man is supposed to be going through nine months of this change. And there are certain things that have to be done to him that's going to make him develop these faculties to make his DNA come back online. And then he's also, if he's, if he's engaged to a female, He's supposed to see this female, and, and you, you, you make it so that he sees her all during these nine months, and he's supposed to, you give him things of hers, like she wears oils, she wears a certain type of garment, she does certain colors. There's certain things that activate something in him toward women. In other words, you program him to have a certain type of orientation toward one particular female which is the female supposedly the, the icon female for him. He may not he may marry her, he may not. But the point of the ritual is to make him see that woman as as society, as as as, as the society. So his actions in regards to her during this period of time are brought up and he has shown how if he continues on one path, catastrophe ensues. If he continues on the other 
uh, health and prosperity and a good society ensues. But at the same time, you are using, shall we say, esoteric models to cause him to undergo a change. You're not making him do this behavior like they do in the army. No. When he gets to that crossroads, you, you awaken that part of his DNA, and he has to learn to ride that horse himself. Okay? And at the end of these nine months, they get married. Now, in our society, it might not work like that because maybe that's not going to be, you know, maybe he's just not, hasn't met the right one yet or whatever, whatever. But that's kind of how the thing works. Now, we can't do that today. Well, I guess we could, but let's be realistic. So the ritual basically is a group ritual. And you take the group of men and you take them through this process of awakening that part of their DNA. And then there, there's a group of women going through it at the same time. And you have a mother of the women and a father of the men. The father is working with the girls. The mother is working with the boys or young men. And she is representing to them what they are going to. In other words, she represents to them her energy, what the woman is, what, what his wife is supposed to be, what he's supposed to make his wife. So, and so the, you, each time he gets to a point where he fails, these tests, these exercises, then you kick in with the right uh, part of the program, which is dealing with qigong, is dealing with um, um, rituals, not rituals the way most people think of them, but rituals is, is basically using certain types of energies, um, certain types of elemental forces, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Some of it's kind of secret. I don't want to get into it too much. But in other words, you cause him to change so that he wants to do something differently. And at the end of the process there, you have awakened something in him. And then it's not a complete process because it's difficult to do it in a short period of time. But at the end of that process, he is, he is literally changed. And then you send him out into the world, and he's got to kind of finish the development on his own outside of the class. Now, we have done it with second puberty since October. We, start, well, we did it before then, but we formally started taking people through the process of second puberty as of last October, with stunning results. We haven't done the honeymoon thing on, I've tested it on people, you know, over the last 15, 16 years. I've never done it to a class yet because I'm waiting for enough people to get through second puberty first. But when, when, when we've done it, testing it on people, it has an amazing scenario where people just, it's almost like, you know, my brother went to, went to the Army and went to boot camp and everything. He came back a changed man. My father was like, what the heck did they do to him? They really must have threatened him, you know. But he came back with, he had he took responsibility for stuff. When you told him, that screwed up, man, he's like, okay, all right, well, maybe I messed up, you know. Whereas before, I didn't do that. I didn't, you know, and whatever. And so it's that kind of thing. And so the point I'm trying to make in this is that when you're doing bioarchitecture, you're trying to go back and sculpt the tower a particular small aspect of it that causes the person to respond to social influence differently. And it goes to the DNA level. It goes to the DNA level. You're waking up something in the DNA that used to be asleep. Remember we talked about these different circuits in the brain where some of them deals with, the first one deals with, you know, that person's self-centered, your reptile brain. All they're doing is like this basic, basic, basic stuff. You know, I, I, I touch the hot stove, I pull my hand back, you know, that kind of stuff. I'm hungry, I yell, I want somebody to feed me. 
Then you get to the group thing, you know. And the one after that is sort of like a worldview thing where all of a sudden you start making decisions with different types of input. So this is what we're talking about. This person now starts making decisions based on different types of input. Their brain circuit has changed. So now this is my discussion, you know, just giving you an overview of bioarchitecture. And, and this is what allows you to become Tantra. Now, we haven't gone into, you know, in-depth, detailed discussions of second puberty, adult rites, things like that, or the other, the other rituals at the different seven-year period. It's, 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 you know, would take us hours and hours and hours and hours. But what I wanted to give the audience is a general idea of what Tantra programs when they are complete and holistic, what they look like. So I'm willing to stop at this point in time before I get into projection and take questions or, you know, talk about some other stuff or just, you know, give everybody a chance to catch up, drink a little water or, or whatever. How are we doing for time? Let me – oh, we're good. You got We got another we'll, – we'll be streaming uh, for everybody in the chat room for another hour, and then we still have uh, two hours left or an hour and 58 minutes on the total broadcast, so we're good. If anybody in the chat room has some questions or would like to call in or anybody who's listening in and you have a question for uh, Master Yao or myself and what we've covered thus far, all you have to do is please turn your speakers down first and then press 1 on the phone, and then we'll bring you on like I'm getting ready to bring somebody on right now. The phone number is 347-205-9089, 347-205-9089. want to welcome everybody that's in the chat room. We're picking up on traffic over there. Neil Maat Ray, Misha, Mass Destiny, La Blue Inc., Jessica Renee, uh, Impression L, all of our guests. We want to encourage all of you guests to go to the blog team as you're here at Blog Talk Radio. Log in and get a username so you can participate in the chat room because they're having a ball, and you can't participate until you get <laughs> a username. So hopefully next week when you come back, we will be able to uh, check you out in the chat room. Uh, first caller on the line tonight is caller from the 336-991. Your microphone is wide open. Calling in. Amen, where are you calling from, please? Caller from the 336-991, hello. Hello, hello. Well, all right. We'll go back and go ahead and put you back on mute. Some people sometimes come in and they hear it says press 1 and they just press 1. They think that that's going to make them hear, but you can hear either way. And it's all good. Let me try one more time. Caller, or did that call drop? It says it dropped. Okay. Well, I guess we'll just be moving along. Um, if somebody else w- does want to come in and have a question or anything, please raise your hand. Y'all might have met that might have been his signal that he was going to get a uh, something quick to drink. So what I'm gonna do is I'm no, gonna I'll, drop I'll a song real quick and give everybody a time to decide what they want to do. This is the Great Mother Flow. Y'all, you haven't heard this yet, but uh, I think you're going to really find this exciting for one of the more evolved. Uh, rappers out here in the game right now. She is a female, but she doesn't like me introducing her as a female rapper. She says, I am hip-hop. Her name is Star, S-T-A-H-H-R. 
So y'all check out this uh, great mother flow, Year of the Dragon Mix.
What's happening? We back in action once again. That was Star and Great Mother Flow, the 2012 year of the Dragon Mix. Yeah, what do you think about that? I like it. That's what I'm talking about. We're going to have to get you a copy of that CD over there. Absolutely excellent. Now, look, also a couple of people in the chat room are talking about the event on the 30th. I do have an announcement to make. Yah Morris will be there. I'm pretty sure Sirius Brother will be there. And due to a sequence of events outside of my control, Kaye is going to be in the building. It's awesome, baby. <laughs> right, I'm coming to New Jersey, too, for this event right here. Support Master Yow and find out how I can get started going back through my puberties. I don't even – I'm on my sixth puberty at 42, but I'm ready to take it all the way back to the beginning and get my brain dendrites ready so I can shock the world. That's my end. I want to. I want to better myself. I want to get closer to God, and as a result, I'm gonna shock the world. And um, a whole bunch of other good stuff is gonna happen after that. So, I will be there as well. I gotta holler at Sirius because I think I might need a place to lay my head. I'm already planning on being there though. So, anybody else who's interested, please go over to uh, MasterYow.com for all the information, and we will be plugging it again before the end of the show. Yeah, the the thirtieth is turning out to be a bigger event than than, <clears throat> than it started. I, I mean, it's really growing. First of first of all, I want to give a shout out to uh, to the to the company Sirius Cubed, who are helping us to sponsor the event. Uh, they are making all these good products. Uh, I have a whole case of their soaps that I've been trying. Got all these massage candles and stuff for uh, your intimate moments and. <laughs> is you know <laughs> you use these candles I, I don't try them you know really and you 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 light the candle and you can take the actual oil off the candle and use it to massage make it this hot you know it's like oh. it's the bomb it's the bomb it's the bomb but it's you know this brother this brother <laughs> this brother he's got a group of people right and they just sit around all day thinking about how they can do stuff you know. And so they got a lot of technology. The soaps got all kinds of herbs and scents and aromas, you know, frankincense, mango, and all this kind of stuff like that. So it makes you, you know, you feel extra clean when you use them. Now, this brother, serious brother, he's, you know, very few people know who he really is, you know. He's, uh, you know, I, I like to call him, you know, in person, I say, you, you know, the undercover brother, but he's, very, he's a very knowledgeable person. And, um, I think a lot of people, when he does his presentations and demonstrations uh, on the 30th, they're going to see that. A uh, few people know him on some of the websites and on Facebook and this, that, and the other. But the brother's very quietly been, been at this for a long time. He's not new to this game. And uh, so I want to give a shout-out to Sirius Brother. Uh, he's, he's, uh, he's, he's he's made some serious accomplishments over his life, and I don't. he probably does not want me to uh, go down that long list. But uh, him and I went out to the martial arts uh, convention uh, last year, and I saw some of him and some of his comrades do some actual amazing stuff. I'm, when I say amazing, I'm talking about crouching tiger, hidden dragon kind of amazing. Uh, and uh, they were doing some martial arts moves that would just stunned me. I was just like, whoa. I mean, okay. And I mean, you've seen people break bricks and stuff like that, but no, they take it to a whole other level beyond that. And he's done some, you know, he's he's done his own uh, studies of Tantra from another perspective and whatever. So he's going to bring another perspective to this event. Also, uh, Khalil Massad, uh, <laughs> very, very uh, accomplished brother. Uh, 
uh, he's you know he's kind of made a name for himself acting. He's you know done a lot of stuff, uh, movies and whatever. But Dave Chappelle show was I think the last thing he did a, 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 a stint on there for a while. But you know the brother he's a has a long history in the martial arts and, and very advanced, humble, very advanced. And, uh, you know the ladies kind of. Uh, chasing after him a little bit. You know, he's got all the muscles and stuff like that. And he's going to grace us. He's agreed to come in there and show us some of the prep work and, and show us a little bit of uh, how you get your energy a little bit stronger and quick. You know, it's going to be quick. We're not going to get a real, real, real um, complex on you. We're going to give you simple, usable, practical stuff. He's going to be bringing you the real, real deal, the kind of stuff that the advanced martial artists use, the kind of stuff. Some of these brothers are stuntmen you know, in Hollywood, and as quiet as it's kept, you know, some of the best stuntmen are martial artists. Now, we're also going to be uh, in Atlanta, July 14th, that event has turned out to be uh, almost as, as <laughs> off the chain as the Newark event, and um, the Newark event, the you know, every, we, we've had some, a lot of, lot of talk about it, I mean, just a lot of talk about it to the point where I'm, I'm just really excited now to go just to meet all these other people. Uh, Michelle Oleander is going to be there, psychic. She's a, a world-renowned um, fitness instructor. Uh, you know, I'm not going to go over her whole list of things because I, I don't know her that well. I've heard about her. I've never had a chance to meet her, but I just heard she's a, you know just an amazing person. So um, she's agreed to come by and, and, and just meet some of the folks in our circle. Um, you know, get to know us. Let us get to know her. Uh, we're really honored to have her as part of our uh, group. Uh, we've got a few other surprise guests coming. So uh, the event um, is going to be off the chain, especially the after party. And I, I, I can't give the details about that out of air. All I can oh, say Oh, man. The after party. You, can, you know me. Your phone's going to be ringing as soon as this show is over. You almost made me cancel the show right now. I want to hear about the after party, but I'm going to put the needs of others before that of my own right now. But oh, just as long as I can come to the after party, then I'm with it. We're going to have about, I would say, a bunch of uh, advanced Tantra students at this after party. Now, and I just want you to picture this. <laughs> all of these people that's been studying, got all of this energy stuff that they've been doing, and put them all in the same room. <laughs> I'm not going to say... I'm just going to say it's just going to be it's going to be fun. I'm just I can't wait to just see it, you know. So I'm all excited about it. Anyway, Atlanta. Is it going to be similar? Is, is, is it going to be similar to 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 what we did uh, in Greensboro? <laughs> well, you know, I I'm, I'm not going to do that exact thing, but I'm going to do something called if, if Serious Brother will will work with me. I'm going to do something called the uh, Tantra Pyramid. And, uh, you know, the, what we're really trying to do is we're not trying to show off at these things. We're trying to get the audience involved and give them a taste. <laughs> you know, now, and then in Greensboro, we had them, uh, in, you know, at a very elementary level, we just kind of had them doing just some basic, basic stuff, and people were having all kinds of experiences. But we want to give people a little bit bigger bite here because they're good. That's what I was hoping you were going to say. I was hoping you were going to say we're going bigger. Yeah, we're going bigger. We're going to have uh, some women who are going to be table models, uh, some attractive young ladies who are going to, you know, be on the table, allowing us to work on them, 
And then what we're going to do from that is to stream the energy out into the audience in stages. And what you do is you start with two, then you go to four, then you go to eight, like that. And uh, you, we're going to show people how you can stream the energy so that even when you get down to, like, you know, the fourth or fifth level down, people have experiences. So it's, it's going to be a way that we're going to we're going to have it. So we're streaming, and then the women are mastering, and they're working on the men, and then we're streaming, and the men are mastering and working on the women so that we can alternate these things. So we're going to do a few little things. We're going to show some little tricks and whatever, but mainly we're going, we're going to let people have hands-on experience to actually experience some of this stuff. I mean, it's one thing to talk about it. You know, yeah, you can get on the radio <laughs> you know, and talk about all kinds of power and all this and the other. What does it mean, you know, for me? And what, we, what we're going to do is we're going to let people have a little bit of insight into just, you know, the fact that you can do this. This is what I always do when I go to colleges or whatever. I want people to know you can do this. It's not something that, you know, a, a select few can do. This was the, the, the lie that people have been telling the common people for years. You can't, this is for the royalty, the noble. You can't do this stuff. Wrong. And we're going to prove that because, you know, it's not unusual for us to have people doing uh, some type of a tantra move in two hours. And you were there. You've seen us do it. So, I mean, you already know. And, and we're going to be even more advanced. I mean, um, we're not exactly sure. We never are sure exactly what's going to happen. We don't <laughs> show up. But you can believe it's going to be interesting. To say. But anyway, enough of that. Okay. Back to the, um, I want to talk about projection a little bit. Um, <clears throat> I want to talk about projection a little bit. And, you know, this is the part of Tantra that most people pay the most attention to. They want to see people do all of this um, energy stuff. And so when I say projection, basically what I'm talking about is, is there's two aspects to projection. One is generating more kundalini. In other words, increasing your kundalini output. And the brother, Khalil Masai, is going to really, you know, just touch on some of that, some real simple, easy stuff that you can do. And we're going to be talking about, when we're talking about projection, number one, raising your kundalini level slightly. You don't want to raise it too fast because there's a danger in that. Let me say that. And then the next thing that you want to do is focus it. Just like, you know, the difference between you know, a 40-watt light bulb in the forest, and you're looking at it, you're 50 yards away looking at that 40-watt 40 light bulb, and somebody having a floodlight with a pencil lens focused dead on something so that, boom, it's like you see the helicopters come by with the floodlight and the pencil lens, and they're shining right on somebody, and, they, you know, it's like the sunlight almost. And that's the difference. That's what projection is. Projection is taking your energy, accumulating it, sending it through certain channels, and bam, right in some particular place in a usable fashion. So projection has basically, when we're doing it on the table, well, okay, let me back up. Projection has three um, ways that you can do it. You can do projection with your voice. And some singers naturally do that. If you ever listen to Mahalia Jackson, um, Merle mm. McIver, they 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 were they were they were projecting they were they were practicing tantra in their singing because they would project an energy that's different than regular singing. So and and there are women who can 
they can just talk to a man and send him into an orbit. You know, you be sitting there and turn off all the lights, and she starts just talking and making sounds and everything, and the next thing you know, it's it's in a whole other place. But it's rare. And and matter of fact, I've been trying to learn it. I have not learned that technique yet completely. I know some stuff about it, but I cannot do it myself yet. I would like to, but not yet. Then we have um, projection with the genitals. So in the projection with the genitals, it's not like a thrusting kind of a thing. It's like the energy is shooting out of different parts of the genitals and making contact with the opposite sex in certain parts to achieve a specific objective. In most cases, it's to wake up that area because most people, you're trying to wake them up. So uh, when you get to the advanced stages, you get to the advanced positions and you're doing, you know, you're doing all kinds of pleasure, fancy pleasure stuff. Uh, but, you know, in the beginning, a lot of it's just trying to wake up stuff, trying to get stuff activated, trying to get the blood flow, get the chi flowing, whatever. So then the, 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 the most um, common form of projection is using your hands. Because, you know, when you're teaching Tantra, you can't, you know, you can't be having sex with all the students. And I know some people out there saying, yes, I do, yes, I do, yes, I do. But no, that's not kosher, and it's not legal. So, you know, you've got to have a way that you can do it. So the hands are one of our reflexology zones. And basically, you can project with any of the reflexology zones. And the, and the head, it's projected through the five senses, mainly the voice. The genitals, of course, you know, they project the way that they project. You can project out of the feet, but the, the, the most easy one to do is with the hands. Those are the four basic reflexology zones. So the person is on a massage table, and you train the person to project out of their hands. And basically, it's like going to the gym. When we teach you how to do it, and when we show you how to do it, um, because you do it, you make it better. Now, the other thing that we're doing at the same time is we're putting you through these transformations, the second puberty, the acupuncture, the this or that, whatever that level of the course is doing to make your energy stronger and more vibrant. So we're changing you. We're changing your tower, taking that 52, 1952 television set, replacing it with an entertainment center from, you know, 2012. So you, you're able to get a better picture. But so at the same time that you're changing internally, we're teaching you the techniques. You use your hands to project. Whatever your hands learn how to project, your genitals automatically know. In other words, whatever you do with your hands, you duplicate it with your genitals automatically. So if you learn to do something on the table with your hands, you automatically will duplicate it in the bedroom with your genitals. So in projection, to start projection, there's three things, and we're going to demonstrate this on the 30th and on the 14th so you can see it in action. When we do projection, the first thing that you do is something called infusion into the core. And basically, this is like taking all the extra energy around and packing it in to that core, into that tower, into that central part of your spirit, your auric field, into the center of you. So we're trying to get a lot of energy stored up there. You know, like a spring. It's like pressing down a spring so it can bounce out, you know. That's the best way to put it. <clears throat> and then the next part of projection is circulating, circulating the energy. And what we mean by that is we want to circulate it in such a way that we're piercing into things that are normally closed, opening things that are normally blocked, 
putting, pushing the energy, forcing the energy into little crevices that it normally doesn't get into. It's just like people with diabetes have sometimes restricted blood flow, and sometimes what you want to do, you know, is exercise to get those capillaries and stuff opened up better, get that get that plaque out of there, whatever. Same thing with the auric field, same thing with your energy. And it's like when you exercise and you work your muscles, you'll see the muscles grow, but also the blood vessels grow, grow and to feed those muscles. So every time you do projection, you become stronger at it. Now, in, in when men are projecting to women, the key to projection, I'm sorry, let me finish what I was saying. First thing, the first stage in projection is infusion into the core. The second thing is circulation to open up the closed passages. The third thing is activating the reproductive matrix. You push this energy into the core. You push that spring down. You open up all the closed valves. Then you release it into the reproductive system, okay? That's what we're doing. And, it, it, you know, you can use it for three different things. You can use it to heal. You can use it for enlightenment, to cause that person to have a spiritual experience or a series of spiritual experiences. Or you can use it for pleasure. It's made to be used for pleasure. But, of course, in order to use it for pleasure, sometimes you've got to be enlightened first or you've got to be healed first. So if you're a little bit slack on your enlightenment, then you use it for enlightenment for a while. If you're a little slack on, on your, your, you know, you're not really completely there, you want to use it for healing. But basically, it's for pleasure because we're supposed to experience, have pleasure. Boom, that's what, that's what we're here for. Okay. So in the projection piece, each time that you project as a man, the key piece is for the woman to be receptive. And if you're a woman projecting, the key piece is for the man to be in a masculine posture that is not rejecting the energy flow. So some men, they get into this posture of rejection. In other words, because they have an issue with the female or an issue just in general, they don't want anybody else of fiddling with their energy flow. And, and basically it's, it's, a, it's a posture, it's an attitude. So the man has to release that. And the same thing, women sometimes do not want, they're not receptive to men, so they're blocking energy. You're trying to send some energy there. They're trying to block it. So this is the main impediment to after you've gone through infusion into the core, circulating, trying to harvest the energy, the other person is up there blocking it. So psychologically, you often have to work with people and do several, you know, situations on the table until you get you get it right. And now, yeah, right there, right there, because Original Native Radio is all about tips, tools, and techniques and strategies people can use as soon as they finish listening to this. On the table, I totally understand. I've had women on the table. I've done work with them. They've been resistant. So to me, it's like their mind says, I need this. Then when they get on the table, the body or the subconscious is saying, hey, if I told you to submit to this, I'm going to be free and, well, you're going to be free and I'm going to be left out of here, which I call like the little 10th grade girl or boy. In this case, the 10th grade girl is saying, no, 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 we we must resist because I won't be in control anymore. You'll be a mature person and I won't have any more say-so. No, no, no. But what about when we meet a regular person in the street? Because this may be one of my issues. You know, I realize this, and that at times when a woman is blocking, 
you have to still apply some of the energy because you got to make a breakthrough. Because I've seen time after time after time, once the breakthrough is made, how women are crying and filled with joy and want to hug and they say thank you and they really didn't understand that they had to make that last push. Is this something that is applicable for everybody in your common everyday uh, interactions? Absolutely. I'll take men first and women real quick. When we put men on the table and we say, you ready to get, you know, you ready to get on the table and get you in here? Yes, sir, I'm ready. I'm all set to go. I'm all, you know, whatever. And the first thing that a lot of the men do is they get on the table and they start resisting. Uh, just to give you a for instance, in one of the uh, exercises, the woman sends energy up through the prostate, out the, out the uh, solar plexus. And so it stimulates the man to strengthen his prostate. And what happens with, with that is if the man's prostate becomes strong enough, he can retain his heat. In other words, he can have an orgasm without ejaculating. He can, he can maintain his direction a long, long time. But the beginnings, what it feels like is uh, a urinary scenario, or more likely it feels like someone squeezing your prostate. Now, and most men equate this to homosexuality because, of course, you know, in homosexuality there's a lot of prostate involvement there and their prostates are changed a little bit. But anyway, I'm not getting into that. I know, you know, and I'm, I'm not passing judgment on that. I'm just saying that a lot of men, when they start feeling that prostate energy, they get squeamish and they want to get off the table, you know, and they just 10 minutes ago say, oh, yeah, I'm ready, I'm ready, and then as soon as it starts happening, like, well, that feels funny. I mean, if you talk about men going to get a prostate exam, they're like, oh, heck no, I'm not, nobody's sticking anything up my butt. But they have the same reaction when it's just energy. There's no finger, there's nothing going into their butt, but that energy in the prostate feels like that, and immediately they're like, okay, well, no, 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 no I'm sorry, no, I, can't, I can't do that. But the, the reality is until their prostate is strengthened, they can't control ejaculation. So let's go to the women. One of the big things we find with women is the energy will not go all the way down the circuit. It's stopped at the throat chakra. And you'll find women that you've got to spend a half hour on the throat chakra before you can really get a whole lot happening because the throat chakra is where we contain our sexual fears, especially fears that are, originate based on religion, or guilt, or rejection. So... If somebody told you you were too fat when you were 14, at 35 you may still be carrying that. And so when somebody tries to give you energy on the table, what do you do? The energy starts going, starts going, and bam, hits the throat chakra, and bam, stops cold because of sexual fear that I'm not what I should be. I'm not attractive enough. I'm not this. I'm not that. And therefore, I cannot allow this energy to flow here. So oftentimes you find, you know, you put the woman on the table, she says, yeah, I need the healing, I need this, I need that, I need that. And then you start working on her, and you see the energy trying to move, and it just stops at the throat chakra. It won't go up all the way. It won't go down all the way. It won't circulate. She, you can't activate the reproductive matrix. You're getting, you know, you're getting 10% energy flow because she's got sexual fears. Here's how these fears start. You know, bad experience with the parent of the opposite sex, the woman and the father, or the little boy and his mother, uh... Uh, abuse, uh, bad first sexual experiences. You know, the boy starts to, you know, go around with these 14, 15, all the cute girls, and they like, get away, get away, you know. 
all this kind of stuff like that, negative womb imprints, you know, the woman's, the first three men the woman is with imprints a womb. <clears throat> if it's a negative experience, it sets up a bad place in the, in the throat chakra area, and basically, boom, it's hard to get past that. Now, when you're doing the energy work, you're trying to release that block, and, and the energy work will help to release it. Her own energy is what's helping to release it. However, she has to be willing to allow it. And oftentimes, if, if, if a woman or a man, or let's take a woman, for instance, if she's been pushing men away all her life for 20 years, it's going to be hard for her to overcome that subconsciously in one hour. If a man has a certain posture where he feels like he's got to be tough, he's got to be this or he's got to be that, or he can't show any signs of homosexuality or I can't show any signs of weakness or I can't show this, I can't show that, and he's been doing this for 10 years, and then all of a sudden he's, he's, he perceives himself being on a table as being vulnerable, it's hard to overcome that right away. So you're trying to release that energy, but the person has to cooperate. And, and they don't have to completely release it. They just have to have the right intention and to make an effort to release it, to relax and whatever. Now, there are all stuff that you can do to help. And, in fact, Sirius Brothers has done a lot of work in this area, and he's going to be talking about this on June 30th, and I'm going to be talking about it on July 14th. There's stuff that you can do to help. And in the programs, of course, when we do the full-fledged programs, we, want, we walk you through this. The real trick to this is, Moving out of your left brain into your right brain temporarily. <clears throat> I'll be more specific. You've got two brain hemispheres, left hemisphere, right hemisphere. Most of us live predominantly in the left brain, which is exactly the opposite of why you're supposed to be living. But our society demands it. When you're on your cell phone, you're in your left brain. You're on a computer, you're in your left brain. If you're in the classroom, you're in your left brain. If you're having a conversation that's, that's analytical and educational and, you know, Cognitive, you're in the left brain. So most people spend 90% of their time in the left brain. And any time you're in the left brain, you cannot experience pleasure except minor. In order to experience any level of pleasure, for the energy to flow through the pleasure centers, you must be in your right brain. So if you're at a concert listening to music, you're in your right brain. If you're smelling baked bread and you like that smell, you're in the right brain. If you are looking at a movie and you like the colors and the scenery, you're in your right brain. And when you're in your right brain, you go into deeper and deeper states of trance. Trance means you're allowing energy to flow and you're allowing something to input into you. Whereas when you're not in trance, you're out doing, you're exerting yourself on the environment. So the left brain, you're acting on the environment, acting on the environment, acting on the environment, no pleasure, no energy flow. Because the energy flows to your legs and your arms and certain small parts of your brain so that you can do what you got to do, so you can drive. When you're in the right brain, the energy is in a different part of your body. It's dealing with pleasure. You're going into more deeper and deeper states of trance. So the trick to this is to, to get the person out of their left brain into their right brain. There's a lot of ways to do this. Not, you know, we can't go through all of them now, but I'll just say <clears throat> music. I mean, a lot of people, if they've got to walk someplace, they need to play music. It helps them, the energy to flow, they can do it longer. A lot of people, when they're working, they sing. When my grandfather used to get up at 530 in the morning and work in the fields, you would hear a group of them out there singing. 
Singing puts you in the right brain because you repeat the song over and over again. You don't think about it. You're just singing it. You're experiencing it. Energy flows. You can work better. Boom, 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 boom. Same thing. It's it's oh, why, you know. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. It's, it's like <clears throat> when you hear a woman making a lot of noise having sex, she's moving into her right brain. Those yes, Lord. Noises, yes, Lord. Those noises are the opposite of talking. It's like a baby crying. It's in its right brain. It's not communicating by talking. It's crying. It's expressing. It's having you know, it's, it's having an energy flow. It's sending you a subliminal message through the energy, through the, through the energy of the cry. You can feel almost a mother almost feels a trembling on her body if the baby really starts following. It's almost like she can't take because that energy hits her, and the baby is like, you will pay attention to me. <laughs> so when a woman is making all those sexual noises, she's going deeper and deeper into trance, she doesn't know where she's at. She doesn't know what time it is. She doesn't care. She starts to withdraw from the outer world. She gets more and more, and the energy is flowing more and more. So we want to get the person from the left brain to the right brain, and these are some of the tricks of Tantra. So you, you train your energy to take the person out of their left brain. And how do you do this? Partially it's you taking the nervous system from one side of the spine to the other. You're going from either from the parasympathetic system into the sympathetic system or out of the sympathetic system into the parasympathetic system. And basically what you're doing is you're doing certain body movements, certain sounds, certain things to cause certain nerve ganglia to make contact and release in a rhythm, or you're doing something that causes the, the, uh, the brain stem to do the same thing. This is the same thing that reggae beats do. This is what a lot of uh, uh, rap music does. The, the beats and everything are designed to put you in a trance, to put you into a right brain state, to take you out of your left brain, and your feet just starts tapping. You're like, to do, to do, When you see drums in Africa, that's what they're doing. The drum beat is designed to put you, to cause your body, to the nerve ganglia in certain centers, to, to, in, to go in contact, release, contact, release, and send pulses through you that takes you out of your left brain into your right brain. And that's how you you know you can do all the stuff you can do. Okay, let's let's stop and see if we have some. Uh, I want to sort of just change the subject up a little bit, and I'm going to come back to more projections. But I want to first make sure that we don't need to take questions or whatever. All right, you all heard it. If you all have any questions or comments before we move on to the next phase. This is the time. Please turn your speakers down and press 1. If you're in the chat room and you want to give us a call, it's 33, I'm sorry, I'm about to give out my number, 347-205-9089, 347-205-9089. Once again, it must be every other show with you, y'all, because remember the first show you had, everybody was just listening, like nobody's going anywhere, everybody's listening, and then last show, everybody wanted to talk. And now here it again, it it may be the phase of the moon that we're in. Who knows? I'm going to have to go back and pull up my astrological reports to see what's going on here. But nobody has any questions and nobody has pressed one, so I guess we can move forward. Yes, sir. Well, I got plenty to say. We ain't got no problems because I got plenty to say. I can talk to you now. You, you, <laughs> you ain't said nothing but a word. All right, all right. I do see. I I found out who that was that had their hand up. And uh, let me see if they have a comment. That was earlier, but they they didn't. Let me see if uh, let me see if Zabeda 
Zabeda, I'm trying to open her mic, but it didn't open. Okay, well, something is going on here. All right, I guess we'll just keep it moving. I was trying to see what, uh, oh, here we go. I have a caller from the 973-239 with their hand up. Caller from the 973, your microphone is up. I mean, I'm sorry, your microphone is open. Can I get your name and where you're calling from, please? Peace and blessings, beloved. This is our serious brother giving a call. Serious brother! This is a dream come true. <laughs> it's awesome, baby! When them superstars come on, y'all, I got to roll the red carpet out. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm nobody. I'm, I'm just I'm a PM. He's, he's checking up on me now, making sure I got my stuff together. So I got to, you know, That's I got to check my time and shoot. Welcome, man. Good to hear from you. Yeah, uh, no doubt. I got to go to work in a little while. But uh, I wanted to call in just to maybe share a little bit on top of what he was talking about, if I if I would be able to do so. Uh, man, um, come on in. This is gumbo time. Okay. All right, well, one of the things I wanted to speak about was um, when he talked about projection and actually how through the uh, law of association, how I actually found that you could actually tap into another person's system at a distance where you could actually manipulate the energy within yourself and because of the connection that you had with them, you could move the energy in them at a distance even if you never met before. Um, I've I've taken a bottle of water, a partial bottle of plastic water associated with the uh, amniotic waters of the womb and actually done work to activate a woman's womb that way Mm. without being on the phone and everything being done real time. That's heavy, that's heavy, that's heavy. You know, just just through being able to... Go ahead. You know, he's not just saying this stuff. I know the situations. I've talked to the people. I can verify that what he's saying is true. You know, in, in these early sessions, I haven't gotten into any of the advanced stuff yet, but I am just I just want you to know what he's talking about is stuff that he's actually doing. Go ahead, serious brother. Okay. Yeah, and that um, basically, you know, um, table work is a representation. It's, it's, it's almost like looking at how you look at a, a karate school, you know, a dojo or a kwon where the uh, karate school is actually a representation of the real world, but it's a place that's almost like a playground to hone your tools. Uh, Table work, I see it to be the same way, and that's the way I approach it when I uh, either I'm on a table or either either I'm giving the energy work. Because as the uh, person on the table, it's important to be able to get to a uh, yin state where you're able to be receptive. And also, as the person that's giving the energy work, you have to be able to be projective. But actually what happens is it actually tends to reverse because as this person receives the energy and as the energy radiates from them, you can find that actually that energy comes right back to you as a receiver. So you're actually able to get – I find that I can actually get table work while I'm giving the session. So I can actually share an experience. If they're having an astral plane experience – I find that I'm able to tap into that. We both go into almost like a trance where my hands and hands are still working or if I'm using the breath or other things uh, with the body, that I'm actually able to tap into the same place that they are at. 
And then as when we both come out, I may mention some things that I saw. And most of the times, I mean, it might even be a song that I might have heard in my head, and it's the same song. It might be their favorite song. I've had that happen. You know, but when you get that, you tap in that deep with them, and you come out with a whole different experience. So it's kind of like being able to serve food and, and still being able to eat as well, being the chef. Um, I had an uh, experience where uh, we actually, a couple of us went out to the beach, and I was forced to get on the uh, table down in the uh, Long Branch. <laughs> and, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hold on, hold on, hold on. The man just said that y'all did some spectacular martial arts, and I'm a martial artist, and don't nobody force Kai here to do nothing. Are you sure that you want to use that word and say I was forced? To, what was her well, name? Listen, Excuse me. I, 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 I have it on good. I have it on good authority that he jumped on that table. They didn't have to. They didn't have to treat no, him like that. Well, she I got, got look, If he got four, I want to know what was her name. Because I know no if man you, didn't force you to do that. What was her me, name? Well, listen, when you got people under five five bossing you around, you know better to get on the table. <laughs> these were two cutie pies down at the beach in their bathing suits, and they just they just patted the table, and he jumped yeah. on there like a little boy. That's what happened. I'm just so, gonna let you okay. know. Well, I'll tell you one of the interesting things that happened when I got on the table. Um, we, I, I moved the uh, massage table out near the ocean, right close to where the waters was. I did a uh, offered up uh, healing to actually take a lot of pain or different things from my past and direct it out into the ocean. Um, as I got on the table, and it started to be like a cool breeze, and it was a clear day. When I got on the table, I knew I had to unlock myself, not be that rigid warrior on the table, and I had to receive. There were two women, and there was one guy that was behind uh, the uh, women. And as the energy was moving through me, my eyes was closed. I flipped, I turned, energy moved around. You heard the sounds of the women, the, you know, the moaning, et cetera, because as I took the energy in from them and I sent out my pain to the ocean, I also projected the energy back into the people that were given the energy. So one of the women had a uh, had experienced an orgasm, also a uh, heavy sensation in the third eye while I'm laying on the table. Also, as I opened my eyes when I was done, there was a fog around the entire table. You couldn't you couldn't make out a person thirty feet away from you. Mm. This is no lie. If a person was standing thirty feet away from you, you couldn't make out that person's facial features. When I got right off the table and we closed the table up, we maybe about six or seven paces from there, the mist lifted up and a rainbow appeared. There was no storm or anything like that. And this was just through us coordinating, working that energy and allowing it to push out like that, that this amazing thing happened. One of the guys said, you know, I don't even, I'm not even going to even try to explain that, how that just happened like that. You know, but just, I mean, amazing things can occur when you're working with this type of uh, energy. When I, at this point, when I'm doing any type of projection work, I've learned to relax my ego and just let be what's going to be because energy has an intelligence of its own. It doesn't need my ego to necessarily steer it all away. All I need is for the person to set their intentions of what they want, and I sit back and I get in and I enjoy the ride right along with them. So I just wanted to kind of, you know, share that part of the uh, projection work because it's it's definitely a a very deep process. And and one thing I'll say about Master Yao is that with all the years that he has experience, he's always opening to uh, listening 
You know, um, I talked to him about even using Oregon pyramids when doing the energy work. I've used those. Matter of fact, I used that at the beach. Something that uh, Jerry Miller made up. Oh man, excellent. That's a whole. I got a house full of those, Ferris. That's a whole nother thing. You pop one of those on a massage table under the crown, maybe one in between the legs, down at the root chakra. How about when you're having sex and you put, wait, well, never mind, my fault. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> That's another conversation. <laughs> Excuse me, y'all. I didn't mean to let that slip out. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I just wanted, you know, call in and, I, you know, and just share a little bit. I'm definitely looking forward to June 30th. If we... Uh, if we were able to film a reality show with some of these socials, I think it would definitely top uh, number one with the things that people see that may go beyond their um, logical left brain. You know, and mm. it's all it's all for the greatest good. That's, I'm going to just leave it at that. But there's, there's been plenty of witnesses. You know, very scientific people have came in and gotten confused. And me being one of those martial artists, I, I have over 20 years in the game uh, myself. Um, a lot of this stuff, man, is just like I said. I, you know, I have a phrase now after dealing with this: is that to be ninety-nine percent correct is to be a hundred percent wrong. So I don't even try to uh, place a, a fact on it. You know, let's just get down work and uh, let's see what's going to happen. And like I said, always steer towards the greatest good. I wanted to, uh, Matthew. Yeah, I know we got to get back to yours, but when I when I was um, learning tantra from uh Master Senyata, one of the one of the key things what the brother just touched on is a lot of people you have an internal and an external school. You know, the three main internal arts are Shinyi, Bagua and Tai Chi. Then you got but in the West everybody wants MMA, everybody wants Shaolin they want to break up some. They really want to, really want to get aggressive. And what that is is some latent fears they have of some imaginary things attacking them. When 99% of the time you won't be needing this energy to kill anybody. And like Bruce Lee said, boards don't strike back. But what I learned dealing with the Yin arts, one thing is they generate way more power than the external arts internally. And I kept wondering, what the hell do I need all this internal power for if I'm so chill and laid back? Because I, I never attracted a situation in the years that I've been practicing that I would have to put my hands on somebody. On Facebook, that's different. I'd be wanting to slap taste out of somebody's mouth sometimes. That's another story. <laughs> but um, what I learned was the second part of all that power was, what it takes to make a big bravado cat like me and Sirius' brother to go in. See, it takes a lot of power. And this is for the females listening. Your man cannot just come up and just go in. And a lot of women try to emasculate and feminize men consciously and unconsciously, but they have no ideal of physiological anatomy of the opposite sex. I can't wait till y'all gets into that part. That was one of our day one lessons of you can't practice Tantra unless you know completely the anatomy of the opposite sex, which to me is one of my 
theories that is getting proved more and more every day. A lot of these women are having malfunctions with Tantra because they don't want to do the work. They say, oh, well, I got a vagina and I can have an orgasm. That's what I'm here for. No. You not, you you have to know the anatomy of that other person if you want to go and take it to the superior levels. If you just want to come in and just wipe the floors up and get an orgasm, you might as well go hire a gigolo. But that part, what Sears said about the power to put your ego in check, that is from discipline. That is from his 20 years of practice. That's And, and that's the thing. Are we trying to recruit any martial artists? No. Are we trying to get people who want to practice Tantra saying it's mandatory to practice martial arts? No. But are we saying that you're going to have the have to have the discipline of a martial artist in common with your practice? Hell yeah. You're going to have to have the discipline of a Bruce Lee if you want to get the high end of this stuff. Master Yao never says he's a high-end martial artist, but he has the discipline of one in order to show up, to get on the table and to sit there and get past, oh, it's my manhood, I can't have nobody touching on my butt, or yada, yada, yada. You understand? So, Brother Sears, I really appreciate that comment for drawing that out so we could so we could really get that on the table so people could see that this internal power is for the men when they need to really get past the ego because the ego is a powerful thing. The yeah, ego is not exactly. our enemy, though, because people say, oh, it's the ego's fault. Nope. Fear number 22 on the collar. You have to be able to eat. You need to be able Give to put again. on and things like that. Fear number 22 on the Kabbalah. Ego is God, too. Ego is something, you know what I'm saying? When you look at it, it's God. So don't make God the enemy and get all upset with him. You know, he gave you free will. You might get a little pissed off about that. That's what I was thinking when I was like, boy, that God, he was something when he made us. Yeah, because when he gave us free will, that's the biggest joke of the universe. But that's a whole nother show, too. Can I interject one more thing, uh, Kyan? Uh, sure. You know. Um, I was actually, I ordered some of um, Senyata's works, which I actually received in the mail a couple nights ago. And actually, I did some um, I did some heavy meditation. I did some Nigong work, uh, Kun, Kunlun Nigong work. And actually, what I do is I tap in. I, I tapped in, yeah, because I was initiated into that system. But I actually, you know, I, I, I try to be open to hear what the higher self, you know, or what the ancestors, it depends on where it's coming from and what the, you know, what the elementals may be telling me. And one, one of the things I had to talk to Yao about, which was interesting, was that, you know, initially when uh, when an egg is conceived with sperm, it has no it has no sex. And I, I was exploring this with Yao, and I was saying that it's, it's not a self yet. It's not. But we become female first. And then some of us become male afterwards. And I listened to Sunyata, and he said that, uh, you know, Tantra, for the most part, was like a manual that men needed because women typically do it a lot more naturally, you know. And it seems like with us as men and just my experience of uh, working with men on the table is that we have to almost go through a two-step process. We have to learn how to get from this. We have to learn how to tap into the yang, and it's through the yin, I mean through the yin, and as you tap into the yin, you learn more about your yang self. But when you get to that yin state, that's like the step right before you're able to go to, go through that door, before you're able to go into that uh, that chaos realm, so to speak. You know, that realm where there is no, you know, light and dark, you know, hot or cold. But you got to be able to get through that feminine state first. And like I said, it's a lot harder for us as men to actually get into that place. 
you know. Uh, what I saw with the women. I just had to give what you that I one. Keep going, keep building. I had to give you that one, though. <laughs> what I find with the women is that the uh, key for them is when they're uh, in that yin state is also having grounding. They have to, you know, they may have some issues with grounding when they go back through the other side. But it's almost like you're returning back to the womb before you were a self. And almost some people may call it an austere state. And as I posed to uh, Yao, I said, well, Let's just say, you know, Osir didn't have a, uh, Osar didn't have a sex. Let's say that he was a female. If, if they said that he was a female. And right before him being projected into this realm, the concept of him being projected into this uh, subjective realm, or objective realm, I should say, um, you have to tap into that feminine side on the back end of it to get to there first. You know, to go back out into those primary waters. That all seeped through me through my uh, meditation. That that was that that was something that needed to be you know looked at and re, you know possibly researched and experienced, you know. So I just wanted to just share that you know I mean I didn't want to take up too much of the show, but I, I have actually you know enjoyed myself here talking with you two uh, you know two brothers, and uh, I just want to say that uh, you know the women and the brothers out here, y'all are definitely my inspiration, and I spend many hours at night you know working with this stuff and. Whatever. I'd rather do this work than go out and punch somebody in the face. I mean, I can teach somebody how to hurt somebody, but people are not going to remember you for that. I'd rather help somebody who's maybe suicidal or something else. I'll, I'll get more pleasure out of that than trying to, you know, teach somebody how to hurt somebody. And that's real tantra. That's real tantra. I can't wait to see this brother. I'm gonna be at I'm I'm gonna be at your spot early uh, so we can talk. I'm trying to be at your house like early that morning. <laughs> I'm be knocking on the door like, hey, 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 let me in, because it's it's rare that I get to. See, I only talked about the, this this last group. He only talked about nine people, and we're scattered all over the United States. Well, um, we don't get to talk that much, and then so when I hear somebody who's really starting to get it. It's big because that that is how he teaches. You know, women are tantric by nature, and the science was created so the men will be able to get to the heart. But that's one of the things that women don't know is it's not just for your orgasm. You're supposed to use this to heal the man, man's heart. Uh, we got about 60 seconds on the stream. Please call in because if you're listening in, you will get cut off in about 90 seconds. On number 347-205-9089, 347-205-9089. If you're in the chat room and you don't call in, you're getting ready to get cut off. If you are on the line and calling in from Philly or Jersey or out there in Oakland or down in Tampa, Florida, you are good to go. So I definitely want everybody to give us a call in because the live stream online is going to stop, but the after party is getting ready to begin. So I definitely want to give a big shout-out to Sears, brother, too. Thank you, beloved. Absolutely. I'm looking forward, you know what I'm saying, y'all done pumped up your brand now. I would love to give your brand of soap a shout-out like he did, but I don't have any. I'm just, excuse me. You know what? I'm actually going to put something in the mail for you. So you'll be getting a care package in the mail from me. I got your address. So you'll have that before your next show next week. There we go. There we go. I appreciate that. And also, I'm gonna give you a ring too because I might have to talk about some uh, some squatting arrangements as well for that weekend. Okay, no problem. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Okay. Take care now. All right. Just hang on, but I'm gonna just put you back on mute. But I, but I want you to, uh, uh, don't hang up because then you can't get back in. Okay. No problem. You got it, bro. All right. Peace. 
Boy, Master Yao, you got them coming in, don't you? You know, this is um, <clears throat> this is the beauty of this. When I did the Amara project, I talked to so many people, and they shared so much with me. Many of them did not know what the other person knew. They just had a part of it, but they gave me that part, what they could in that short period of time. And here's the thing. We don't know what we don't know. So, you know, we have to always be teachable. We have to always know who, make good decisions about who do we listen to. We have to always be willing to change unless you want to keep repeating the same experience you have today. And what serious brother, I want to thank him again, and I just want to say, you know, he's bringing something to the table. And he's not the only one. I mean, uh, you know, Sarama Phillips and Jackie Phoenix, two advanced students in this, who work on the men who are teaching people how to heal. When, the, you know, you have this issue, like Baki talked about, where men have, have, have get stopped because they don't want to get into that right brain space. They don't want to get receptive. And these women have helped me to, you know, to perfect what I'm trying to do with these men, you know. When when you get to this situation, you, the men will say, well, I want to retain my seed. I want to be able to have orgasms without ejaculation. I want to be able to have as many orgasms as the women can have. But the route to do that is to awaken your yin side. Now, when you awaken the yin side in martial arts, it gives you power. But it does not make you feminine. In other words, there's the difference between becoming having a feminine personality and having yin power. The yin power is strong. Water will break down a dam. You know, water is yin. But here's the thing. When you awaken this yin power in a man, then he starts to have contractual orgasms. And all of a sudden, it starts making you feel different. It doesn't make you feel like that ejaculation going out. A lot of men like that. They want to feel that squirt going out. I'm going into something. I'm, I'm, I'm conquering something. But in order to have orgasms without ejaculation, you have to have a contractual, same type of an orgasm that a, that a, that a uterus or vagina has. And so men have issues with that. But the, the, the solution is it does not make you more feminine. Yin power makes you a more complete masculine. It's just another aspect of your masculine nature. And when we're going through these things like this, the woman has to know how to handle her man. As Sirius Brother was saying, you get the big macho men on the table and these women who are working on these men with this tantra energy, they don't try to tell the man to do this. They don't try to feminize him. They simply put the energy into him, put that energy on him, and his you know, energy responds, and he begins to do things and be things and change and, 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 and whatever in beautiful ways that are, again, non-destructive. It's, it's taking that energy that you use to destroy something turning into a creative energy, and what happens with the man, he's able to experience pleasure. So getting back into the other part of the discussion there, uh, and we're talking, we were talking about the projection, and then we were talking about the uh, bioarchitecture and how this all comes together. So I'm just going to, first of all, uh, talk about uh, a couple of books. One of my books is called Awakening the Master Feminine. And you go to the website, www.masteryow.com, to purchase it. 
Now, this book gives you the prerequisites for Tantra, and it talks about awakening the feminine energy. It also has some aspects of awakening the master energies. The book was written as an operating manual for men to understand women. Of course, mostly women buy it to understand themselves, but actually the book is written for men, and it's an operating manual for women, for the, for the sexual woman. Um, if, if, if people want to know about these classes and all of this stuff that's going on, we're doing this. We're doing a tour this summer, so we're going to Newark June 30th. The way that you find about these things is you go on my Facebook page. You just hit Master Yao or Yao Morris. You go to my wall. You scroll down. You'll see all the links to all of these different events and all the stuff like that. And we update it every week. Also, the different programs that we do. Or go on uh, Kaya's Coach Kaya's page and check out his stuff because there's, there's a lot of overlap and a lot of similarities there. Um, the other book I want to talk about, just real quick, is The Oracle of Kim Sanu, which is a novel, it's a fiction book, but it also deals with these subjects in a, in a different kind of a way. I'm going to come back to why I'm mentioning those two books in a second. Moving back into the discussion of projection and bioarchitecture, the two go hand in hand. When you're taking Tantra classes, it may not be necessary to understand why you're doing stuff, but I believe that the time has come for all of these different uh, people, systems, and ways of doing it to begin to infuse into each other, to begin to merge, and to become a more complete science. I believe the time has come for us to stop uh, thinking that these things are only for the elite I believe the time is now for us to understand that we can be a lot more than we have been in the past. That women, that the problems that seem insurmountable are not. That you have a, a reset switch. God built one into you. And through Tantra, you can learn how to switch it, how to turn it on and off. I want to say that the time has come for men to not just look at women as a way to get pleasure, but also that they have an obligation to heal. If you're getting pleasure from women, um, you know, if you, if the, you know, out of a hundred points, if you're getting pleasure, you know, 96, spend four points healing. And women, even more importantly, because I think men need it even more. If you're spending 96 uh, BTUs of energy having pleasure with men, then spend four BTUs healing men and take it very seriously. And this projection, you know, is the way that one of the ways that you can do that. You, you you practice on the table, and as soon as you learn how to do it on the table, it transfers into your relationship dynamic, and it transfers into the bedroom. Uh, now. Yeah, I you, got a question. Yes, sir. What if she's angry at you and she don't feel like healing you and you're an asshole? then part of the reason that you're an asshole is because no woman ever healed you. I mean, it may it, I'm not saying that it's their fault, but I'm saying maybe he got to be an asshole all on his own. <laughs> Let's just say that's the case. I don't know. But so if he remains an asshole for 20 years, who is at fault for that? In other words, he's not just going to impact on her life. She may say, I'm not dealing with this knucklehead, and she moves on but I bet you some other women's going to have to deal with them down the road at some point. So as if you're part of the collective of women, you can't say to yourself, I'm doing something, I'm responsible for me, 
everybody else is responsible for all that other stuff. Nope, not. If you're a woman and you're part of this collective gender we call the feminine, you know, gender, the, the, the women collective, you have a responsibility to heal that man a little bit, make a dent anyway, so that you pass it on something better to the next woman. If you're just injuring him, making him worse, uh, you know, aggravating the, the problem, uh, then when you cut, cut ties with him and you move on, you're just leaving a negative, nasty gift for the next woman that he's going to come in contact with. So, so, it's really so, so she's really not. So, and and see, for me, from the wounded Kyrie, I say you don't care about. You know what I'm saying? I I may even lash out and say, you know, you're a hypocrite because you don't care. You sit there and say, well, oh, we sisters must stick together. But it seems like they stick together to gang up on you instead of saying, uh, I'm going to stick together and let's and and I'm going to offer some healing so the next sister. And for me, that's like paying it forward because the next guy you get, a sister before you may have done some healing to have him be in a position that's better for you to have a better relationship with him. And that's why I am so encouraged about having this show. And I asked that question. So women would realize every man is your responsibility. Uh-oh, y'all, duck your head down. Every man is your responsibility because the attitude that you put out there is, oh, that ain't my responsibility. Then you're opening up for Mr. Asshole to come through your life as the next man, next piece of dick, next whatever that you look at, whether it's an intimate or casual relationship. You may go to Walmart and be like the the the, the, the old 80-year-old retired guy in the wheelchair at the gate. He's rude to you. And you was like, oh, he's such an asshole. You have to think back. How'd you create that? That's one of the things I love over at Juju Mama. She always says, how'd you create that? And I use it all the time. How'd you create that? You know, so, and if I look at a woman attacking me or being an asshole, what I call an asshole or a wounded tigress, I have to do my best, but at the same time, I can't let her kill me because that's that's my that's the martial artist in me. I'm not gonna let you sit here and kill me because of what's happened in the past. We had a we had a very sensitive point right now um, with the energy that's available and um, the strong. You know, it's, I love tantra, but that universal law of only the strong survive will never go away. You know what I'm saying, y'all? I do. It's not just that. It's not enough for each woman to take a responsibility to do a little bit of healing on these men out here. It's also their duty, and I think their obligation, to crack back on some of the women out here who are just spitting out a lot of hate. I mean, it's, it's, women have this thing. It's, it's almost like the police force. They don't want to tell when, when their brothers are doing wrong because, you know, they you know they've got this, this thing, and there's some there's, there's, there is some justification for in some instances to protect each other. I can understand that, but in some cases it goes too far. I think black women and other women today are operating on this thing of I'm not going to really say anything about what women are doing, and and it's it's not serving them. Women have got to of all races they have got to really start to say. Okay, 
when I see other women out here saying things, doing things that are really muddying up the waters, I got to start saying stuff, even if it's not popular, even if it's not the current trend. You know, I, I can imagine how tough it had to be for some white people to speak out against slavery when it was popular. You know, I mean, now we're like, oh, that was an awful thing to say. And the other. But remember, there was a time when and when it was the current scenario, and everybody was saying, yeah, we need this. It's the best thing. We got to do it. And there were some white people that says, no, no, this this ain't this ain't the way that we need to be going here. We need to really take another look at this. That was not popular when they when they first threw that out there. You know, it's the same thing with this. When whenever you're seeing people out here really getting off dogging men, bashing men of any race, of any economic class, you need to check your system. You know, I, I remember we had the same conversation 10 years ago about the brother who knew, you know, the brothers, and, and, and I say brothers, I'm talking about men, men of all races. When you see brothers out here looking the other way and pretending like they don't know that this man is slapping some sister around, slapping some woman around. And, you know, you had to call them out on it. And, I, and I, I, you know, I didn't like that I had to do that, but you got to call them out. you got to say, look, y'all got to say something. you got to say something to the brother. It's, not, it's just not cool that you know, you know, every Saturday night he's beating the hell out of his wife. That's just not cool to sit you back know, and go um, about it. You know the brother that I met you with, the first time I met you, you were with um, Master Tenon out of Virginia Beach. Right. And that's his phrase. Like, I use that. Like, I have a little group of little uh, young lieutenant ninjas. You know, I called them with A&T when they were freshmen. Every one, every one of those young men have either graduated at, with their bachelor's degree or going to get their master's or Ph.D. At the core of what I taught them was what Master Tennant shared with me. Evil prospers because good men don't stand up. Evil prospers because good men don't stand up. And I feel you're saying that same thing with the women who want to authentically heal men have to start checking some of these other women. For instance, they gotta last start night. they standing up straight. Yeah, they got to stand up straight. Last night I had a knockdown, throw out, come to Jesus session, and two women were coming at me just clawing and clawing and clawing. And all the other women were just in the room like, oh, Kair. Okay, yeah, and I was like, and and I was like, so none of you are gonna say anything to to what they're doing, so they're just gonna just gang up, but you know they're women, so we have to go with them. So I look, and and now your example of you know, if just think of all the white people would have said, well, Mr. Slave Master, you're right, we're the Quakers, and we really don't go with slavery, but since we're all white, we better go with it. You know, where will we be then? So that right there, really, really, really. Um, rocks home with me, and that's that's what I look for as a teacher and as a scientist. Because to me, I'm almost impervious to the pain. But I I look and see, and I say, well, when are some of these women going to step up and um, say something to these other women and say, hey, sis, what about your behavior? Now I was I was on a conference call the other night, and I was giving out uh, I was sharing about some um, I was sharing a ritual to increase abundance, and the one of the older ladies, she just got really riled up, and she just wanted to say, wait a minute, wait a minute, we've been tricked. And she wanted to go into this whole blame and shame and the white man is the devil and all that. And so then the uh, another elder came on and said, listen, 
if what he's saying is not resonating with you, then you don't have to listen to it. But there are other people who want to hear what he has to say, and maybe you should go and pray for him. And then it was like silence on the phone. And I was like, wow. You know, and those are the things that I get on my knees and pray for. When sisters start checking other sisters with the way that they can check them. Because I only have two ways to check a sister. You see what I'm saying? One is to totally ignore it. Well, three ways. I either check you, I either show you that you're not that intelligent, and I just baffle your mind, or, you know, maybe a third way. But I I need help. So this is this is Kyrie on recording saying that Kyrie can't do all this by himself. Y'all can't do it all this by itself. So I really appreciate that comment that you just said about sometimes sisters checking other sisters. I really and, and, and instead of just shaking your head saying, "Lord, she just don't get it." Say something to her. Say something to that sister. And this is the all my Facebook friends listening who see the ludicrous stuff that goes on on my page daily. Daily, and you sit there and just watch, and then you send me an inbox message and say, "Oh, Kyrie, don't don't give her any energy." No, why don't you say something to her? You know, so that's my piece on that, y'all. Excuse me. <laughs> it's it's very very important. I mean, so many people have made sayings that basically said the same thing. You know, bad stuff happened because good people don't stand up. Uh, you know, basically they talked about at the founding of this country, said freedom is not free. You've got to keep fighting for it all the time. And and it's so, so true, you know. Um, I mean, we we can't blame every white person. We cannot paint them saying, you know, blaming every white person for what the Klan did. I mean, that they collectively as a race have some level of responsibility as a collective entity, but you can't say every last person has to be painted with a particular brush because, you know, that, that's just not right. You know, every white person is an individual. And so, you know, you, 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 if you're addressing the collective, you address the collective, but if you're addressing an individual person, they're not a white person. They're a human being. And you got to you got to start there and see what's what kind of a human being they are before you take it that way. And we have this thing with men, and and you know, I mean, it it just women want to make these broad brush statements about men, and it's time that it that we change that. Tantra is not about you know saying, you know, we want a class of women who are personal sexual toys. That you know that they're going to be give us all this good sex, and we're going to design like cloning us a, a, a certain type of woman who's going to have the, this size titties, this size butt, and she's going to have this kind of energy, and I'm going to be able to make love to her for this amount of time, and boom, and then I'm going to send her on home. No, you know you're basically saying you want that woman to go back to her original self, what's designed in her DNA, and all that goes with that. I think that you know we have to really be authentic about this stuff. And if we really say, I want a man to come along and do X, Y, and Z for me, then when we see other women degrading men in general, when we see other women doing things that are not really, we know it's not in the best interest of the man, it's not you know, fostering and furthering healing, any woman who does not speak up is guaranteeing that her experience in the future is going to be below what it could be, below par. So let me move on. Um, it's, important, it's important that we have these conversations because Tantra is not just about techniques. 
the biggest problem with Tantra, with projection, and with bioarchitecture is not learning the techniques. The biggest drawback is something called the counterfeit personality structure. Now, the counterfeit personality structure is the boogeyman of Tantra. It's like it's a big, giant, ugly heebie-jeebies of a thing that is haunting bedrooms and kicking butt and taking names like big time. It's just what is it, the counterfeit what? The counterfeit personality structure. So when I talk about your DNA template, what you were born to be, and and this is like, you know, an ideal thing. And then we look at what you turned out to be, <laughs> you know. <laughs> You're 26 years old, and, yeah, this is what your bagua said, but this is what your butt actually ended up doing and being. And it's not based on your DNA at all. So the difference between a, a mathematical equation, when you subtract what you are from what you were meant to be, what you get is called the counterfeit personality structure. It's the difference between what you were meant to be in your DNA and your spirit, what you were born to be, and what you ended up becoming. And so if you equated it to a ship that's, you know, it got into the ocean and it set a course of 289 degrees, that was the compensating, and it's heading toward an island someplace, and it's critical that it reaches that island, and the compass got turned to 203 from 289 or 299 or whatever, you want, whatever the original setting was, you're not going to get to the island. So the difference in degrees between the 289 and the 203, that 70-some degrees is your counterfeit personality structure. That's how much you've got to turn that compass heading, you've got to change the ship direction to actually get to that island. So when we say, you know, you had a certain mission in life, and if you, you know, if you're at 90 degrees off of that, then that, that 90 degrees is your crown of personality structure. If you were meant to be a carpenter and you end up being, a, uh, you know, a thief, you know, and, and, and then that thief aspect of you is your crown of personality structure. If you were meant to evolve every seven years and you didn't, the degree to which you didn't, activate those parts of your DNA, the degree to which your persona, your personality today has issues and it's not your original character map, your original persona, that's your counterfeit personality structure. And your counterfeit personality structure has an energetic or energy component to it that causes you to vibrate at a vibrational rate and frequency and pitch that is off harmony, out of sync, with your original DNA vibration. And the more you bring yourself back into alignment with your original vibration, the more you dispel the counterfeit personality structure, the more you become Tantra, the more you attract people to you to help you reach your destiny and your and to reach bliss, the more you are becoming Tantra, the more your architecture is going back to its original self, the more you are happy and fulfilled in life. Therefore, the counterfeit personality structure is, we can define them based on five types. Now, I use types based on an English 
um, um, abnormal behavior model. In other words, abnormal psychology is basically the, the handbook of mental illness. It's how mental illness professionals describe mental illness and all that and the other. And so we use terms out of that science, you know, the, the Maslow and the Carl Jung and all those people, to, to define the counterfeit personality structures. But, but what we're talking about is a little bit more complicated than that. So uh, we use five characters, categories to describe the counterfeit personality structure. We talk about schizoid personality, which is kind of a split personality. And basically the schizoid is, it's, it's a person who is sometimes they're their authentic self, but most of the times they're not. So they switch between the good side and the bad side, and usually they're more the bad side. Excuse me. So the schizoid, they, we, we define them as a split personality because they don't have all their faculties online, and because they don't, sometimes they're authentic. Most of the times they're not. And in those times when they're not authentic, that's when all of the negative cycle, relationship cycles, all the negative stuff, all the abuse when they attracted themselves, all of this, all of this crap in their life. And they have a particular sexual profile, a particular set of categories that they're most likely to have in terms of reproductive dysfunctions. Then we go to the oral personality structure, which some people call abandonment syndrome, entitlement syndrome, things like that. And, you know, um, that's pretty well defined, although our definition of it is a little bit more complex than, than the textbook definition, but, you know, we, we take that. Then we have what is called the psychopathic personality, which in simple language is the person that's controlling. They've got to be in control or they feel like, you know, the world's going to come to an end. If I'm not in control of stuff, if I'm not in control of my mate, if I'm not in control of my job, if I'm not in control of my sports team, then I'm just not happy. And, and it's, it's, it's an illusion because when they do get control, that's when they're the least happy and when they're the most destructive. That's the psychopathic personality. The next one is the masochistic. Masochistic personality is always pretending to be the victim when they're basically out undermining all of the things that would actually make life better for them. And so when we talk about the severe masochistic, we talk about people who, who like bondage and stuff like that. But basically what they're talking about is they they want to be the victim so that they don't have to take responsibility for putting forth the effort to actually change what needs to be changed. In other words, the way that they avoid doing the right thing in the world is they say, I'm the victim and I don't have the power to really do anything about it or I don't know or I wasn't there or it's not my fault and therefore you can't blame me and I can't be made to do anything about it. And at the same time, they're constantly undermining all those things that would make life better. The final is the anal personality structure, which most people have a pretty good idea what that's about. Now, these five broad categories have many, many, many subdivisions within them uh, of the general counterfeit personality structure, and they have basically five levels. You go from mild, you know, to more uh, chronic, you know, what they call acute, then you go to chronic, then you go to severe, and then you go to the situation where basically they're, at that point, either suicidal or sociopathic, where they're either trying to kill themselves or they're trying to kill everybody else because they're, you know, are, are, and sometimes they'll, they'll get cancer first and die, but when you get to the fifth level, basically you check it out one way or the other. So Yeah, I really need you to touch on that second one again, the oral and the anal. 
I mean, uh, I'm over here taking notes, and you gave me some good quick ones on the on, on the uh, schizoid, the psychopathic, and the masses and the masochist. But can you please go real quick over the oil and the anal for the listening audience? You don't so, have to go deep on it. So the oral personality structure, it's, we're talking about general categories here. Now. The, you know, in order for people to do anything about these kinds of personality structures, you've got to have some kind of a structure or classification system so you can label it, diagnose it, how what what is going on, then you know what to do about it. So the oral personality structure is characterized by several things. Number one, a sense of entitlement that is false. In other words, they feel they're entitled to stuff that they're not entitled to. They feel they're, in other words, they are five years old, their cousin is five years old. They believe they should have a birthday party, but their cousin should not. Okay, this is basically arbitrary. Okay, I just got promoted to vice president. How come I didn't get a car? Because the last guy got promoted to vice president got a car from the company. But the reality is the economics are different. Companies not making as much money now. They can't afford to give you a car. But you get mad. You're all enti- you feel entitled when you're not entitled. You're and this like, is you're, oral, O R A L, like speaking oral. Yeah. Yes, like mouth. Okay, go ahead. Because it's like it's like it's it's a way of looking at the world. You're looking at the world through your mouth. I want. It's gratification centered. So when you say oral personality structure, you're talking about a false sense of entitlement. And that works two ways. It means that they want more than what they're really willing to work for. Number two, it also means that they're trying to take from other people what other people deserve. So they want to make more than other people in their pay grade, and they want the other people in their pay grade to make less so that they look better. In other words, they, they want, once they buy a Cadillac, they don't want anybody else on that block to have a Cadillac because then it makes their Cadillac less in their mind, which is an illusion. It's like, well, I'm the only one that's got a Cadillac, and I'm happy. When, when you, if that's how you feel, you have an oral personality structure. So if, if if the oral personality structure can, if everybody else has got a dirt driveway, he's going to put gravel on his. If everybody else has got gravel, he's going to put he's going to pave his. If everybody else pays theirs, he's going to get the stone decorative pavers, the little small marble things, and he's going to put that in. He's got to be better because he has he feels entitled. The second thing that is dominating the oral personality structure is this whole feeling of abandonment. And so because he felt he was abandoned, he was entitled to something, he didn't get it, and now he feels abandoned. And so he's projecting a sense of abandonment and scarcity on all of his relationships. So he feels like, you know, I was abandoned, therefore you've got to give me more sexual pleasure than what I'm giving you. I may not be giving you much sexual pleasure, but I'm darn sure going to get upset if you are not constantly catering to my my, gratif- my sexual gratification. And I may end the relationship if I perceive that you are not really, really, really concerned about my level of gratification. So we find people with the oral personality structure oftentimes going out of their way to engage a member of the opposite sex that normally would feel like they could not get them. So to give you an idea, it's a man who's pretty popular, pretty good. He's making good money. He does not deal with the women on his level, if there is such a thing. He's dealing with women who normally couldn't get him. 
Why? Because he knows they're going to be much more uh, excited and, and motivated to service him. So he wants a woman that maybe, um, you know, is not in his league, so to speak. In other words, a woman who uh, maybe she's not attractive as most of the women he's normally used to hanging with. Why? Because he thinks that because it's harder for her to get a man like him, she's going to work harder to keep him. And so she's going to be more concerned with his gratification. He has an oral personality structure, a sense of entitlement, a sense of abandonment. Uh, and when you have women, oftentimes they're afraid of the dark. They're afraid of not being in a relationship. Why? They go into relationships fast and quick. They do not want to be in a situation where they're not in a relationship because they can't, there's nobody to satisfy their demands of gratification. They would rather be in a relationship that's dysfunctional than not be in one at all because it's that whole thing of the perception of being abandoned. Now, with the anal, it's a complex scenario. And I guess the best way to describe it is, you know, the person that's that's dealing with stuff on the surface, they would rather go to Macy's and shop and pay $50 for a pair of pants then go to buy the exact same pair of pants for $20 at a store that, that's in a bad neighborhood with a poor facade. So, um, in other words, they they believe that the outer surface thing has value even when it does not change the inner surface thing. Well, let me put it a different way. Um the anal personality structure would be willing to date a man who's driving a nice Mercedes, even if they know he has character flaws that disqualify him because of the surface. And so they would rather deal with that than deal with a man of high character who's driving a Volvo. Okay? So... It's this whole thing of being anally driven, anal retentive. It's like you're constantly moving off the surface, the 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 the, the, um, the immediate cause. So you're not worried about the root cause. You're not worried about getting to the bottom of things. You're not worried about justice. You're not worried about what's really going to cause things to change. You're dealing with stuff just right now. I'm seeing the lights green. I'm pressing on the gas. I don't care about who designed the roads. I don't really care that I made the wrong turn and I'm going in the wrong direction. Light's green, I'm pressing on the gas and going ahead. And, you know, it's difficult to explain it. It's much more detailed than that. But it's basically a sense of people who are going through life, you know, not really dealing with the realities underneath stuff. They're not really going, you know, they go to church, the same church for 30 years, hear the same servant, never changed, hasn't done anything for them, but they're not willing to analyze it because why? You know, on the surface, it's a nice, big, beautiful church. The choir's nice, you know, and I like being associated with this symbol. Um, Yes, it hasn't done anything to change me. It's not really serving anything spiritual. It's not really helping me evolve, but, you know, it's one of the nicest churches in this area. Thank you for well, thank you for summing up that Facebook post. I know exactly who these people are now. Is this in the um, Awakening the Master Feminine? These, the or what? What book is this in? It's in two books. The 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 it was introduced in 1996 in the book of Mahara, 
and Amamro, you know, was the first time that we introduced the uh, what is called the, the psychology of abnormal behavior or abnormal psychology from the indigenous perspective. So it's an indigenous perspective of the five major types of abnormal psychology. Uh, you know, most of it is dealt with from a clinical or, or, or Western perspective, so to speak, where it comes out of academic origin based on studies and, and the observation of clinical patients. Indigenous, you know, they take a different tack. They, you know, they're getting the information from a different source. Sort of, it's almost like the reverse. But there's a lot of similarities between some of the conclusions to two different types of ways to do that. Amamur introduced the first, uh, uh, you know, encyclopedia, so to speak, of abnormal psychology from the indigenous perspective. So we took those things and we talked about them, how they come in terms of it, how their energy body is structured and how they are working sexually and stuff like that, stuff that the, you know, the Western psychologists don't really address very much. So anyway, um, that we talk about it in, a, in a Awakening the Master Feminine mainly from the perspective of just how to identify it. You know, and basically, in, in, it's a much more abbreviated discussion than Awakening the Master Feminine. Because in Awakening the Master Feminine, we're basically saying you're not trying to solve it through psychological means. You, you're going to solve it through energy means. So you, all you're trying to do is just identify it. So we talk about it enough so that when you have a 20 minute conversation with a man in the restaurant, you can tell which personality structure he is. That's all you need. I mean, that's not all you need. I mean, if, you, if you're a life coach like me, you need more. But if you're. You know, if you're a man and you're just trying to make a dating decision, I want to date her, I don't want to date her, you know, if you know you've had terrible, terrible, you know, experience with all personality women, you want your psychopathic women or good masochistic women, then you want to be able to decide which one she is. And then you say, well, I know energetically I can heal a, a psychopathic woman. So you say, you know, I don't want the oral woman. But if you don't know how to identify her, well, too bad, you know. So this is the thing. In Amamura, we talk about it, how we go into an in-depth discussion of it, you know. And that's why people love that book so much because it, it gets into a lot of details about exactly how it got created the whole bit. We go down, we give you case studies, the whole thing. In Awakening the Master Feminine, we give you the down and dirty. This is what it is. This is how you tell it. Bam. This is the energy you used to heal it. Keep, let's keep it moving. Did I answer the question? Oh, yes, 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 yes. And we finally got some hands up now. People got some hands up. But I definitely they, have they, identified. They, they, they recognized it. <laughs> right, I mean, their hands have been up for a second, but now, for sure, for sure they got some hands up now. Absolutely. Um, I just want to give a shout-out to the anal retentive, to the anal type that was on my page today. She was like, I'm in the medical profession, and I've never heard of that before. And I was like, well, research extends into infinity. And she was like, "Yeah, but you know, uh, you know, I'm in the, you know, and the whole thing just came off like, well, if I was in the medical profession, I was, I would have heard of that before anybody else, because no, I'm in the medical profession, and you know, because of my background, and you know, I'm just gonna come over here and say Kyrie, that." Kyrie, five years ago, fifty percent of the stuff going on in the medical profession nobody heard of because they hadn't discovered it yet. 50 years, 50 years ago, most of the stuff that they're talking about in the medical profession today, nobody had heard of. So to sit there and say that because I haven't heard of something yet, it's not valid, it's just the most ridiculous statement that you can possibly make. 
I mean, a hundred a hundred years ago, they just they told they said these guys that germs didn't exist. They told us they told us, the guys over in Europe, the guys saying you know germs are causing disease and you need to wash your hands. And they're like, you stupid idiots! Ain't nobody washing no hands before we operate. That's the craziest thing you ever thought of. You know, now, who, who ever thought of that? And then the guy came with the microscope and says, well. I'm seeing some little small things crawling around in here. <laughs> you can't see them with the naked eye. Maybe this is the germs this guy's talking about. And then they start to, you know, be able to prove it. He says, oh, oh, okay, well, maybe there are germs. So, yeah, definitely. Every time we turn around, something's happening that people are finding out, oh, we didn't know something. Every, I mean, it's not a day goes by that we don't discover how much we don't know. So people need to start with that crap. They really need to let that go because I'm in this profession and I haven't heard of that yet. You ain't heard of holy nothing because they don't want you to know about holy nothing. So, you know, open your ears up and look at it and, and then make a determination. Who do you listen to? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. When you said, to me it's a combination of oral and anal because she listened to the person who's signing her check. She listened to the person who's signing her check, and then she turned around and says, "Oh well, disregard di- disregard my request to come into your club. I, I, I don't now. I don't want to come into your honesty for couples uh, club now because you pissed me off. Get the, get the, get the, get the f up out of here. Anyway, let me go up to get get some of these callers before we get up out of here, y'all. Uh, please mark your spot because I know you was getting ready to get on a roll, and I would like to even start from right where we're at right now." If we don't get finished with these callers right here in time, I think that would be a great place for us to pick up at uh, next week. Let me get to this first one. Caller from the 253. Oh, well, where'd that go? Next. Caller from Hello? the 908-757. Your microphone is open. Can I get your name and where you're calling from, please? Yes, please. This is Bayina from New Jersey, from Plainfield, New Jersey. How you doing, Kair? How you doing, Master Yell? Good afternoon, evening. How you be? Hi. I'm great. Looking forward to the 30th. I was calling in to piggyback off of serious, talking about projection. That's a serious, serious thing. I had no idea. I'm so excited that I know about it, and I'm ready to invest time and study to go and deeper involved in it. The projection that I shared with him on the phone was amazing. I didn't expect wow. it, and it, it was if I had socks on, they would have knocked my socks off. Master Yow, can I get on the table and let her work on me, pretty please? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I want to say, you know, I want to commend you for having the courage to come forward and talk about it. Because Sirius has been working on people for a while, and he's worked mm-hmm. on a lot of women. Most mm-hmm. of them keep it to themselves. They don't want other women to know about it, and they oh, don't no, want I'm to talk everybody. about it. Mm-mm. You know, sharing is like caring. People need to support the brother <laughs> and talk about what he's doing because. This way, other people can get out here, and more men will be inspired to learn. Go ahead, yes. sister. Sharing is caring, so I had to call in. I had to be on hold and wait. I had to listen. I couldn't even write everything down that you spoke about. There's personalities. I do want you to go back over masochistic and psychopathic. Two more again for me. But I had to call in and, and talk about the projection <laughs> and the fact that my womb opened up. I started to drip out. I needed water. I couldn't catch my breath. Amazing. Amen. Hey, where's my where's my family ovation, Lord? Woo. Mm. Yeah. Well, I want to paint. I want to paint a picture for you. 
Okay. Imagine a thousand men rolling mm-hmm. like that, a thousand women rolling like that, mm-hmm. in a virtual community, talking, mm-hmm. communicating with each other, holding functions together, being mm-hmm. able to find a mate out of a pool of men like that, being able to make children and raise children with a man like that, being able to go into business and create wealth with a business partner like that. Mm. So imagine a life where you're rolling like that, where, you know, I remember my ex-wife, you know, um, getting sick. And I took the pain from her. I was on the other side of town working. And we had that kind of a connection where she got sick and I would get sick and then she'd get well because I would take the pain and everything because she needed to be, you know, functioning right then. Sure. And and because I was in better shape at the time. And that way she got, you know, and, and we didn't really know how we did it at that time. But, you know, sometimes I would get sad about something and she would, you know, she would get sad and all of a sudden I would feel better. And I'd be, well, mm. how did that happen? And she would say, at this time during the day, I just felt sad all of a sudden. I was like, really? I was like, whoa. And so she just took that sadness away. And, you know, we can roll like this. You know, it's like, so when when you have stuff, I'm not saying don't go get to the doctor. I'm not saying, you know, throw your medicines away. But also look into being healed by a man. Mm-hmm. You know, um, if you've got some issues, that it's possible that the man can come along and help you to heal that through tantra, through sexual healing. We make that, that Marvin Gaye song real. It's here today. You can learn how to do it, take it home, bam, wrap it up, keep it moving. And, you know, it's no joke. we got all kinds of people that can testify, that will tell you. we got testimonials on file. You go on my wall, Master Yao Morris. Uh, you can go on uh, MasterYow.com and see the uh, the product. But to, to see the, uh, you know, to learn the activities, you want to go on Facebook on the Master Yow uh, Morris page, go to the wall. There's one counterfeit page out there. I don't know. There's a lot of crazy stuff going on. Don't want to go to that. It doesn't have a picture up there. You want to go to the one that's got the picture with the red background. That's my page. Go to the okay. wall. Scroll down. You'll see all of the stuff how to do this stuff. Now, getting back to your comment mm-hmm. on the uh, the personality structures, yes, I want to say this: mm-hmm. just about ninety nine percent of the people out here have a counterfeit personality structure. Mm-hmm. Now, what you want to do when you're learning about the counterfeit personality structure, you cannot avoid the counterfeit personality structure. And what Kair and I was talking about earlier is okay, the men out here got these counterfeit personalities. And so you have to say, some of them i got to avoid, but some of them i got to heal. Mm-hmm. Some women want to say, I'm just trying to avoid all of this craziness. You can't do it. And so what, what, what the next discussion I'm getting ready to get into is how to determine how severe it is. So my, what, what, the, what, what I go through is I want to know, which counterfeit personality do they have? Which are the five structures? And, of course, there's subdivisions underneath that, but we're not going to get to that right now. Then the next okay. thing I want to know is how severe is it? Because if it's really, really severe, maybe I want to let that pass and, and, and try the next one. And then you find out from the book what to do about it so you know that you have the capability to heal it. Now, maybe you don't have that knowledge today, but I want you to know it exists. 
And I'm not the only one that knows it. And so a lot of times women don't take their power. You have the power to heal this counterfeit personality structure. So I'm not telling you about this to say, be afraid. I'm telling you to say, it's just like you take a thermometer, you find out your kid's got a fever, and then you take action to bring it down. You don't throw the kid away because he's got a fever. You don't throw your baby away because, you know, uh, it's got diaper rash. You find out what's wrong with them. They're crying. You check out, what's wrong with my baby? And then once mm-hmm. you figure it out, you take steps to remedy it. And this is the same thing with the counterfeit personality. And when you do anything to help correct the counterfeit personality, sex gets better. Amen on that. Amen. Amen on that. I'm ready to get myself together. Yes. Did I answer right. your question? Yes, thank you. Do you have some other comments? And I I really want to say again, I appreciate you making that comment. We got we got about we got two or three more people on the line too, and we only got about ten minutes left. So thank you, Deanna. I want to get the other two callers. Dayena with a D. Dayena, Dayena. Look forward to seeing you at the thirtieth. I'll see you then. I don't know what you look like, but you just pull on my hair and I'll turn around. I will. Praise the Lord. Amen. (laughs) Amen. I'm loving this already. Next caller, caller from the 267-336. Your microphone is wide open. Can I get your mic- can I get your name and where you're calling from, please? Please. <clears throat> can you hear me? Yeah. Who is this? This is my homie, Ogano. Ogano from Philadelphia. Peace, Coach. Peace, Mr. Eyal. <laughs> How you doing, man? I know, I know. I get it, man. Y'all breaking in tonight, man. Uh-uh. Breaking in tonight. Now, Coach, I saw your Facebook thing this week, man. I ain't got no time, man. I was busy. I was busy. I just came back from Tennessee today. So I saw all that nonsense going on. I said I was going to call in tonight just to give you some support. And I saw your message. Yes, we are coming down to Jersey, and I'm coming with Jessica, your favorite girl. So it was cool. (laughs) <laughs> oh, Jessica, now, my we're favorite gonna, girl. We're going to push you to work. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, Bruno, when you get there, we're yeah. going to push you to work. See, he's, he's got some projection skills. You know, he's one of these these tantra men. And so, you know, these women are looking, they're saying, where are the tantra men? Where are the... So when you get up there, we're going to put you right up on stage and put you to work, my brother. You ready? Yeah. And, and let me say something, Mr. Yao. You mentioned something about different ways people can project. And I already told you all, I don't know about the hand projection and the sex projection. I know the voice projection because I've been doing that since I was 12 years old. So we can get that going on, yeah. Integration, sure. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. So I just hope you're ready for these women to project some needs on you on the 30th. (laughs) Because they're coming up there looking for something. And Jessica is like, she's a little tantra princess waiting to to do her thing. She's got all kinds of power and potential, and I'm so excited that she's finally decided that she's going to at least Test the waters a little bit because we got some we got you know we got some old heads out here like me that's been scrounging around for a few years you know they all wrinkled and pruny looking you know we need some young blood I'm trying to get us to pass something on to the next generation worthwhile 
So I'm real excited about her. She's got all of this uh, background and knowledge, and, and she's all energetic and, and whatever. So I'm real excited that she's, you know, doing her work now. Thank you, sir. All right. Peace. Appreciate that, Lord. Thank you for calling me in tonight. All right. from the 678-907. Your microphone is wide open. Can I get your name and where you're calling from, please? Hello, Cold Time Master Yav. This is Angela Johnson and Jay Johnson. Oh, Angela and Jay, that is my squad. Yes, sir. Jay, I got that message, man. You know I'm feeling that gospel over there. A lot of people don't know that I listen to gospel music. I do a lot of hip-hop, but Jay sent me Jay sent me a hot track, so I just wanted to give him a big shout-out, you know what I'm saying, for that sound. Especially because he made it he made it from the heart. You know what I'm saying, Master? Yeah, a couple of weeks ago, the brother was going through a growing phase, and we had talked, and I told him to get back into what he loved and focus more back on what he loved versus what was challenging him. And it took him a couple of weeks for him to get it to me, but the finished product was exquisite. It was exquisite. So thank you. I appreciate that. Hey, appreciate that, Coach. Appreciate it very much. How y'all feeling tonight about the show? Y'all got comments, questions, feedback? Yes, uh, we love the show. I, I want to know more about the prostate energy uh, works that I could use, you know, with Jay, because we've um, been studying that some, and, and Jay purchased the annuals uh, a couple years back, so we use that. But I want to do uh, energy work on his prostate, you know, just using my hand. Uh, you know... <laughs> Well, we're going to talk about all of that in the classes in detail, and when I come to Atlanta on the 14th of July, we're going to demonstrate some of the basic stuff, and we can certainly, if anyone in the audience asks a question about that, we'll go into more detail. But, I mean, women are getting results with that, and, I mean, some women are getting results in three nights. Some women it takes two or three weeks, depending on the condition of the man. But, yes, you can learn energy work techniques and you can send your energy into the prostate, and the prostate will get better. And that's, is, uh, there's no one that I know of who has not had a result with it, you know. Now, wow. what I will say is that at the same time, you should also supplement and change the diet too, so right. that your energy work can get the best. Now, and, and I think two weeks from now, we're going to talk about the bio We're going to talk about the architecture of the cells. And during that show, I'm going to get into how you align the cells nutritionally so that they can do, do get the most out of this energy work. And it's the same with the prostate. One of the things that you really want to be, be careful of the prostate is that many of the products today feminize the process too much. In other words, they cause the, 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 the soft cells inside the prostate to mirror the cells inside the uterus. And so... Uh, what you get is you get this buildup of female-like steroids in the male prostate that causes the prostate to expand and lose its tone. And this is happening with 80% of the men out here, even in their 20s. So one of the things we want to do is take those things out of the diet that do that. And, you know, we're talking about soy, we're talking about um, uh, certain types of soft drinks, corn syrup and things like that, and especially things that that have this estradiol in it or the precursor. Master Yow, i got to drop this in there because we never got back to symptometry and Dr. Nardi. The book, What to Consume, 
Dr. Nardi has went into the food science lab for over the last 30 years, and his brother's a fourth-generation herbalist. He is um, he graduated top of his class at the Homeopathic University in London, came back, he's been studying vaccines for 20 years, and he puts everything in the food science lab. And everything what y'all are saying right now is just buzzing in my ear. That's the Tuesday night shows that we have about eating right. So if everybody could, if you're interested, please go over to symptometrybooks.com, symptometrybooks. All 16 of those shows are over there. I'm going to create a page for all of Master Yow's shows as well. But any particular subject that, you know what I'm saying, dealing with the food science and the eating scientifically, like what Yow's talking about right now, and I am so pleased to be standing in the middle of all this information between Yow and Dr. Nardi. It's going to be fabulous when it comes together. And the book is What to Consume. And, Jay, if you send me an email tonight, I'll send you the um, downside of nutrition on the house because I got it on a PDF file. Man, all right. oh, he just ran into the store, but he's he'll be back out telling that to send you the email, Coach. So, um, Angela, did I did I respond to your question adequately? Yes, you did, and I'm so happy you're going to be here on the 14th because we were, you know, doing the emails back and forth with you. I know you talked to Jay for about an hour, and he's uh, he he needs to be in line with the the masters because he has natural tantric ability. I mean, I, ever since we've been together, I mean, good God, I mean, he's he has my Amrita all the time flowing. It's it's beautiful. He heals me all the time. Uh, he's naturally, I think, in touch with a lot of his yin. Absolutely. Um, he's just amazing. So, um, yeah, we're excited about you being here, and we'll be there. <laughs> Thank you. Thank yeah, you. y'all. Thank you, sweetheart. Let me get that Thank applause. You, back on mute. Yeah, Jay, I said send me that email, and I got one more call. I think we got about two minutes left. Caller from the 253-535. Your microphone is wide open. Can I get your name and where you're calling from, please? Yeah, my son. I'm calling from Raleigh. What's your name? Masson, M-A-S-S-O-N, like Paul Masson. What's going on, Masson? How you feeling tonight? Thanks for calling in. What's your comments, questions, or feedback? Oh, I got a question about uh, martial, martial arts and tantra. Uh, what's the best martial arts to use when uh, when you're trying to get with the uh, the tantra work? Well, there's no best. There's no best. I would say. I think that all of them talk about you know the best martial arts, especially when you get into the higher echelon. They talk about developing your internal chi, your internal uh, system. They talk about developing your heart, your blood, your nerves, and, and your discipline, as Kair always says. And all of these things help you become a better Tantra person. I would I, jump I, on. Go I'm ahead, sorry, I mean to cut you off, y'all. Yeah, I, I, I would jump in and say, for us, is is a uh, white crane Tai Chi. Because it does everything that y'all just said. It's for the blood, it's for the heart, it's for the nervous system. The Tai Chi shows you about the yin. The power is ridiculous, and you're going to build up crazy, crazy, crazy chi uh, power. So, um, yeah, just, you know, get at me on Facebook or send me a message or something like that, and I'll try to share some of that with you um, as, as as much as possible. But uh, at Shindai, we use we do use all of them, the Shin Yi, the Bakwa, and the Tai Chi, but Tai Chi is our primary. Most definitely. Appreciate that. I will be getting at you on Facebook. All right, big brother. Thanks a lot for calling in tonight. Uh, did, uh, did, did Master Yao do a good job of answering your question tonight? I mean, he did more than a good job. There's some other information that uh, you guys were talking about, like the personalities, and I recognize I got some of those personalities, so I'm looking forward to getting that book. <laughs> I'm most definitely looking forward to getting that book. They say know thyself, and 
That book will help me uh, achieve that. And that's the second part of that phrase is to thine self be true. A lot of people leave off the second part of that, to thine self be true. You know what I'm saying? Know what you know, but then be true to it. So thanks a lot, Big Brother, for calling in. and make.